I'm Danny Fingeroth. I was the editor of the Spider-Man line, and I'm writing a biography of Stan Lee, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. There you go. You're back on the horse again. He's been on a, he's been on a good groove with that. Yeah. He has been. Yep. Oh, we got it. Yeah. It's, it's... it's the enthusiasm is what it is. Right? right. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yes. No doubt. <laughs> Started and ended with some positivity. Yes. Yes. Also the count. And can we make it stop raining? Can we Can we see if we can make it stop raining? Yes, please? come on. Come on. Man, you ain't lying. I, I, uh, I was also to get my, my boat into the lake on on monday and uh and it's rained, every, it's rained every day every night since i haven't been able to do it i was talking well i zach and i have this thing where we we speak once a week and do you now yeah and it's scheduled right Isn't that and, cute? And oh he, that's nice and he texts me I mean, yeah but okay go ahead I'm sorry. And what he texts me and he's like dude we gonna do this and i'm like i, I can't right now tornadoes <laughs> we had a tornado warning uh, oh, on yeah. on Monday, I think it was. Yes, mm-hmm. Monday. No, it was Tuesday. We had the tornado warning. Then Wednesday, another one. Like Pennsylvania and tornadoes, they don't they don't shouldn't go together, right? When I was a kid, we never had any fear of tornadoes. They'd say, "Oh, tornado watch." Yeah, yeah, okay. Too mountainous, you know. How is a tornado going to touch down in Scranton? We're surrounded by mountains. It's not. It, it's never going to happen. We've had a, a tornado touchdown. Uh, I think this year, three times already. Wow. What the hell is going on? Yeah, it's scary. You know what's going on. I know exactly what's going on, but why aren't we... Well, and I know exactly why we're not being told, but I'm just saying, like, let's fess up. Let's do something about this. Tornadoes in Pennsylvania? Mm -hmm. It's idiotic. It touched down in the hill section of Scranton. It's ridiculous. You've you've both driven through the hill section, whether you knew it or not. It's all they, there's a reason why they call it the hill section because it's all friggin' hills, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's 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 ridiculous that uh, to to think that a weather system could touch down in this massive rolling land where there's just peaks and valleys and shit all over the place, and it doesn't plains. Yeah, bring the tornadoes. You expect that, but in in Pennsylvania and and like New York and New Jersey, that's insane. It's nuts. And it's scary, right? Because you never know what to expect. We used to laugh at it. Now, not so much. It's true. Hey, everybody. This is not 11 o'clock weather patterns. It's 11 (laughs) o'clock comics. And I am Vince B. Uh, Oh, you are Vince B. And I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And don't you dare touch my candlestick because I'm Professor Plum. Did you read it? Maybe. It 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 literally took a thousand years to read that book. <laughs> no, you're not Professor Plum. You do have a nice candlestick, though. <laughs> you you have nothing to do with Clue. You are Jason Wood, and everybody's together in this, a patron sponsored episode focusing on our book of the month. Yeah, yeah. And this time around, we are taking a look at the Demon from the Darkness by matt wagner and a bunch of people and we'll get into it when we start uh talking about it proper but uh thank you once again 
to our many patrons who made this thing possible. If you would like to see what this Patreon thing is all about, go to 11 o'clock. No, you don't go there because that wouldn't be the right place. You go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, no apostrophe. And you'll see what's happening. What's going down. It's a lot of fun. Shit every day from multiple peoples. Airy. Yep. Jason, I can't have this quietness from you. I can't have it. Uh, I will stop being quiet in, uh, I'd say, in about 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> but still, you can be the color. You can be flour- <laughs> flourishes of color. Like, what y'all talking about? No. No, well, obviously, uh, all kidding aside, much love to the to the patrons. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, uh, listen, like we've said before, the book of the month is uh, it's a democratic process. And sometimes... We whoop the book of the month's ass, and sometimes the book of the month whoops our ass. It's true. It's a crapshoot. Um, especially true when you expect going in, um, you, you remember the work with rose-colored glasses having read it 20 years ago. And then yeah. you come into it again and say, wow, this I remember this back in the day. It was pretty damn awesome. And then uh, your contemporary mind doesn't feel the same way. That's what's rough. Yeah, sometimes things do not age gracefully, uh, no. hindsight and all that. But um, yeah, I, I and listen, we'll 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 get into it. And, yeah, and it, I want to get it, on that exact subject, hurts, the aging yeah. gracefully part, because yeah. something struck me as we okay. were as we were reading this. I have a feeling that we might talk about um, maybe our expectations and what we learned about ourselves from reading it, then we actually will about the subject itself. Sure. That's all fair game. Yep. You know what else is fair game? What is? What we're drinking. It is. And I'll start us off by saying, like Anakin, I'm killing some yinglings. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It was a gift, Uh, and I have to finish the case, so... You do. Nicely done. Yeah. Um, like the orchestra, I'm drinking seltzer. <laughs> okay. Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yeah, I got it. it okay. I just yeah, Reach I didn't. Out. I just yeah. didn't want to reward it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing he's stretching before those workouts. Uh, Phenomenal guitar player. I wish I had his skill. God, yeah. Um, I kind of. I started a little early um, tonight, not because of the book, but because but you I, um, huh? Because yes, you- because of the video, because absolutely, because of the video <laughs> I watched earlier today, um, I went to pick up dinner at uh, my favorite local pub and I had to um, sit down and, and have a proper <laughs> old fashioned, uh, although I think homeboy was a little heavy with the bourbon but in any event in any event um i had that while waiting for dinner uh brought dinner home with dinner i had a glass of wine and now i am just enjoying a nice glass of um of tin cup american whiskey on one large cube of ice nice okay and that will be followed by some seltzer what's this video you watched there is, uh, it's from Mahalo.com or, or it's, it's this woman, Janelle or Janae or Jeanette. And, and she, um, 
<laughs> I, I, thought, I honestly thought it, it was an actual parody site, like, like Funny or Die or, or something along those lines. But but apparently she she is trying. She's teaching people. She has YouTube videos um, showing you how to make drinks. And uh, oh, it's Jason, not dirty. It's not Jason, like it's, no, it's not, not a like... dirty video. Oh, but but Jason uh, shared because uh, it was on Twitter, um, and and Mitch Jarrett's also shared it. But uh, a couple people. Posted, commented on it, and and it, and she's trying to um, make a an old fashioned, uh, and and I was just after I had to tear my own eyes out, and and I wept and I laughed, and I went through the whole, I went through all 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 the stages, and um, and I I need to watch the one. I saw the one where she makes a, a mint julep, which was fabulous and uh and she's also made a rum and coke and, and I mean, she makes a bunch of drinks and and long island iced tea but so that that'll be a rabbit hole i'll go down later but um yeah the the, the one about the old-fashioned was just was was a train wreck and a half um and do not whatever you do do not uh use her videos as 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 an instructional how to <laughs> nice three nice. ounces three nice. ounces aka have the fucking bottle and and make sure when you do transfer liquid from one to the other make sure you're transferring it into a smaller glass and use a glass when pouring ice because you never know when you might get some actual glass shards in with those ice. it's just, wow. it was just, everything don't forget the orange slice wrong. that wasn't it was an orange wedge it was insane wedge, yeah. it's yeah. just it's, i saw a video too and i just sent it to you on the slack <laughs> yes, but my video is is nothing like yours. Okay, it does involve water, though. Of course, it does. Bro. Yes, you love water sports. I do. Jesus, right. <laughs> this is a great video. Patrons, come on. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Okay, so um, you, you uh, yeah, yes, yes. David said he would. He was drinking, and now it's time for the thank yous. I'm sure we all have them, right? I have one, and it's in the fridge, and it's going to stay in the fridge. Right. Same Yes, it's the same. Thank you. I'm guessing from Darren Helsel. Yes. Yes. Who sent us a uh, a bottle from the gigantic brewing company of the um, Hellboy. The Magnus on my fridge. The Hellboy. um, This is actually a Liz Sherman chocolate malt stout. Yes. It's the second, I believe. Beer two I, of it's six. It's chocolate Malay. But yeah, it's um Malay. It's, what are you saying? Isn't it Malay? Oh it yeah, Malay? yeah. No, it's so, Malay. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, and I asked Darren, I says, you know, is this because I the only thing I know about beer, aside from that, I like the lighter shade of, but uh what I know about stouts is that because they're heavy, you tend to um enjoy them in the cooler months. And and he uh, he told me He's uh, he's had plenty of beers where they've stayed in the fridge for a few months and they've been fine. So that's staying in my fridge until the fall. Nice. And we got a magnet. Yes. Uh, stickers. With, or labels. Yeah. With uh, beer labels and stickers and and I just gotta thank you. I'm just wondering though, why are all the Hellboy related beers sweet? Because the first one was a maple syrup pancake he, beer. He likes pancakes. Because that, that, that's what uh, helps. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, but how does yeah. Liz Sherman relate to chocolate? Don't know. Don't know. But it's okay. Know. I, I uh, unlike that, I'm going to drink that before the uh, winter months. I just need to uh, get to a point where I'm drinking again. So. 
Or, oh no, you know what? We should, Vince and I should bring them to Casa de Wood in October. That's I'm true. Not, assuming I'm, well, I'm not going to see you until October. Ooh. I don't know, but I mean, well, if we see each other in the city, I'm, I mean, I'm going to take it with me into the city. I'm just, I plan on seeing you within the next few weeks, honestly, if if, if you're in town. But it's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I'd love we'll to see him. Well, I have to see him because he still has my little wing number one. So I got to get that little wing number one. Yes, remember when we got the two? Um, what it was from the last con, and we had all our swag there, Bird. and I. Yeah, Little Bird, sorry. Again with the Hendrix. Oh, Little Bird. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry. I just I can't shake Little Wing. It's just always in my, it's there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I, you have mine. It's tucked inside another thing, and it was on the table over to the far oh, right, right of the great right, right, right. Okay. Huh. Well, yeah. it's, I still have it, but it's going to be interesting trying to find it. Yeah. We'll sorry. find it, though. We will. We will. All right, Book of the Month, people. Here we run through who the candidates were. Just remind everybody. That's fun. Oh, I me to bring. Up. Okay, that's fun. Uh, look it up. While I do that, right. um, let me also um, remind everybody that uh, yes, while Jason looks up the uh, the ten other nominees, I will mention um, the Christmas in June gift exchange. Uh, I, I neglected to remind everybody about it last week. So um, the announcement you can see in the Facebook group page, but uh, it's the EOC June gift exchange. Uh, it is um, it's going on right now. If you are interested, send an email to p contact at gmail.com. That's P D R U M M O N D contact. Uh, put EOC June gift exchange in the subject line, your first and last name. If you have a preference with international outside of the U S or domestic shipping, um, and give your country of origin, obviously, because that will help match everybody up. Um, but Peter will, um, put it all together just like we do, uh, after Thanksgiving for the Christmas for the December, uh, gift exchange so that's going on right now uh get on it if you are interested shoot peter an email and uh and apologies immense apologies for um for for failing to to mention that last week um that was the major announcement i had all right and the nominees for the may book of the month were with one percent of the vote will eisner's the spirit volume one the spirit returns with 2% of the votes, Superman Infinite City. With 4% of the votes, Suicide Squad Volume 1 Trial by Fire. With 5% of the vote, Sabrina, which Dap uh, spoke on, what, two weeks ago, maybe? Week yes. Ago? Two weeks ago? Uh, with 6% of the vote, The Death of Captain Marvel, which I can't think of Captain Marvel and not think of the singular best episode of Bullpen Boltons ever. When they brought Captain Marvel back and you guys had a bunch of absolutely insane rants on voicemail that you played. Um, Talk about deep cut. Uh, With 9% of the vote uh, tied were two books. The Golden Age, which I love, uh, and Green Arrow, The Archer's Quest. Oh, and uh, there was a third tie uh, with Lazarus Volume 1. I had skipped this one, sorry. With 7% of the vote, Spider-Man Marvel Team-Up by Claremont and Byrne. 
And then we have our runner-up, which lost by just a handful of votes with 22%, The Wicked and the Divine, Volume 1, The Faust Act. And, of course, your winner, as Vince already said, The Demon from the Darkness with 23% of the vote. It was close. Very close. Yes. It was close. Came down to the last last day, like, like tail end of voting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Rod Hedrick might have put it over, right? Well, like I, Jason Blood, I was damned if I did or damned if I didn't in this one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, well, we might have been excited uh, leaning one way or the other. I mean, I I have the, the, the Faust Act downstairs uh, waiting to be read. This would have been an excuse to finally read it. Um, our, our good friend Flippa. Um, I have the, uh, the first couple of trades from him. So I plan on at least reading those. And maybe finishing the series now that it's in its um its final final arc. Um, but yeah, this the Demon from the Darkness uh, collects the four issue miniseries from 1986, uh, written and penciled by Matt Wagner, inks by Art Nichols, uh, letters by John Costanza, and it also includes um, the Demon number 22, which was written and illustrated by matt wagner so it's a um it's a complete wagner demon uh tome yeah you didn't go into the colorists and i just want to do that because there's a man in there whose name is usually uh uttered in the same breath as matt wagner yes yeah bernie moreau right the um uh because adrian roy and um did did the 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 four issue mini but yes bernie and i was happy to see his name when I got to, to, to that single issue at the end of the book. Yeah, and Anthony Tolan, too, on uh, colors. And I think we should uh, make a massive tip of the hat to our extremely overworked letterers, John Costanza and Todd Klein, because <laughs> this is, well, Etrigan's a rhyming demon, and he tends to ramble, and there is text everywhere in this thing. It's, it's a long read. It, I couldn't blow through it much as I tried. Um, there's just verbiage and descriptive text. How about the one flashback text that it's on the scroll and it goes down three quarters of the page? It just keeps rolling and rolling. I'm like, yo, these guys must have hated to see the script coming in because they're just working, 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 working. But uh, let's do the rub, right? Um, at least as far as the four-issue miniseries goes. The one thing, the one takeaway immediately is that Matt Wagner is extremely faithful to the Kirby mythology. In fact, it picks up pretty much where the original Demon series, albeit with a little bit of adventuring from Jason Blood in Swamp Thing and a couple other uh, corners of the DC Universe, it's pretty much a continuation of Kirby's The Demon series. And that's, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it, because th- this was... Listen, when when I when I read this when it came out, um, no no bones about it. I I read this because it was Matt Wagner. I had no real attraction or affinity for Etrigan. I, I it's cool, cool character, cool looking character. I do the concept. I do the whole rhyming thing. But it wasn't like ooh, it's the demon. I'm definitely getting this four issue miniseries because how often do you read about a demon? But Matt was the driving force for me, so 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 I I definitely wanted some, um, and hopefully I'll get some 
background as to the the what was what happened before Matt decided to do this story. Meaning, where was Jason Blood right. and Etrigan? Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I'm like I said, he popped up. Based in, on familiarity with the yeah, he popped up in Swamp Thing. Um, he was around, but the the driving force of Kirby's series is always let's just squash this eternal evil of Morgan Le Fay at the behest of of Merlin and his lapdog Etrigan. Like it's it, Morgan Le Fay is front and center as the big bad, and the I think um, it lasted eighteen issues. Kirby's um, Demon eighteen nineteen issues around there, and. Uh, the, he always wanted to like it's not a pleasurable experience to be partnered with a demon and being flicked on and off like a light switch i mean jason blood's pretty much immortal thanks to merlin's trickery and his uh manipulation of him and so i mean it, but the one thing that this four issue miniseries doesn't have is the sense of um, wondered that Kirby series has. There are a lot of characters that come. Kirby does a Phantom of the Opera pastiche in it. He's trying everything. He's you know there's there are naturally demons. There's a giant unliving creature that escorts Jason Blood around for a while. I mean there's that larger than life goofy borderline goofy. Well yeah no I'm not gonna say borderline that goofy Kirby enthusiasm in the main series where this is pretty much a from the darkness is pretty downbeat it's 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 like trying to cure a cancer patient and failing mm. you know where i mean the thrust of the from the darkness is glenda who was from kirby series so she pops up after an extended time away she pops into jason blood's life and she's like all right i've been playing around with this philosopher's stone i'm seeing some things we really got to get it to the bottom of this situation and get you separated from Etrigan. And just so happens that in this here book, a piece of which I have, that, you know, this demon here it looks a lot like Etrigan. What's up Belial, with this? Yeah, 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 Belial. Belial, yeah. What's up with this? I mean, he's yellow. He's got the, the whole thing going on. But th this doesn't seem right. So um, they hop in a in a plane and go to Ireland, specifically Dagenback Tower, and they're searching for this book of Belial, hopefully to get to the bottom of this, like why Etrigan resembles Belial so much. And um, in traditional Gothic form, we get they get beset by a demon named Clutcher, and of course Jason his backwards hands, <laughs> and Jason does the the thing, uh, you know utters the, the incantation and he turns into the demon and, and Etrigan and this clutcher fight but Etr whether Etrigan meant to or not I think it's that's a big gray area he could have done it on purpose he he blasts this clutcher thing with uh, the uh, rancid hot breath and in doing so he burns the book of uh, Belial so what do they do well, you know, their only other copy is in a British museum, so we got to go there. And um, he's Jason Blood is told by someone in the museum, like, the book's not here. We don't have this book because it was destroyed over 100 years ago in an electrical fire. So, you know, you're shit out of luck, man. We don't have it. And Jason's like, no, mm -mm. 
The book is here. I, I know it's here because uh, I, my information is pretty sound. The book is on the premises. And so what do they do? They, uh, Glenda and um, Jason break into the museum after hours. And um, Jason does this uh, ritual type thing where he uses his blood and uh, the blood leads him to a ventilation shaft, and he opens up the shaft, and, whoa, there's the book. The book is in there. The, Etrigan was right all along. Um, but they, they pour through the book, and there's very, very few leads from the text. Like, Glenda's wondering, is this like a dead end? And she says, okay, let me, let me, let me do something. Let me use the Philosopher's Stone. I'll, I'll talk to Etrigan through this stone, and we'll see what's up. But, you know... While that's happening, this spitting demon enters through. A, this is back in Gotham City, Jason Blood's uh, home turf. Um, she's she's trying to to get to the bottom of this, and the spitting demon comes through a mirror and tries to make off with Glenda and the stone. And so while Etrigan's fighting the demon in in this away from the mirror another demon comes through the mirror and pulls glenda through and the whole thing this whole abduction was orchestrated by belial um the worst knock on harry matthews door jason consults his old buddy you know who harry matthews is right he's the one he he's the cigar chomping best bud of of jason blood from the kirby series but he was later turned into a pillow a cushion. Oh, okay. okay. In the in the, the, uh, the in Alan Grant. Grant. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So whatever Matt Wagner had planned for Harry Matthews, we know, but it doesn't stick. So um, Jason consults his old buddy Harry Matthews, and he says, well, "Well, here's the deal: we got to summon Belial and trap him because I got lots of questions to ask him, and um, this is the only way to do it." So uh, Harry takes a nap while Jason. <laughs> inscribes the uh the prescribed form on the on the floor and he does the candles and he he does all the proper um sigils and words and everything and and they summon belial and belial's not very happy and he even brings in like cases of pigeons to to feed belial like like dog treats whenever belial does something that pleases Jason or he gives him information that could lead him to what he's trying to, to seek. He gives him a pigeon and he eats the pigeon. So he's asking him a bunch of questions and Jason finds himself running out of pigeons, right? And he hasn't received Glenda. They haven't got Glenda back. Um, and he's running out of sacrifices and the mystic cage is weakening. So Belial kind of consumes Harry instead. Just eats him. Blip. And he leaves uh, Glenda as a parting gift. Um, but this is kind of cool. This was, I thought, the coolest thing in the in the series that um, Etrigan summons himself, uh, unbeknownst to Jason. Like Jason had no control over. It. He just summoned himself, and uh, apparently, uh, Etrigan wants to be removed from Jason Blood even more than Jason Blood wants to be removed from Etrigan, and. Um, Etrigan lets them in on a little secret that Merlin can be swayed with music. And that leads to the ending where um, Merlin was um, not entirely above board with Jason and he's been manipulated for a while. And, and um, do we want to spoil it? Sure. It's a 33-year-old. It's, it's yeah, 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 well, Belial is Etrigan's father. 
and um, Merlin is actually at uh, Belial's son as well. So Merlin and Etrigan are uh, half brothers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And in order to keep um, Etrigan close, he, he has Merlin had power over Etrigan because he's bonded by blood, albeit half blood, but still blood. And he uh, housed him in Jason Wood's body to uh, just just, mm -hmm. to solve, just to solve the problem. <laughs> yeah, just to solve mm -hmm. that problem. What do you do with a demon? And uh, and and it 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 comes to a. Um, it comes to somewhat of a conclusion. I mean, there's some, there's still some dangling things left, but, um, and it it ends basically. <laughs> you know, it just, yeah, it ends. And, and I think it it was left dangling for a reason. And and I hope um, maybe when we when we see Matt in in October, there, there'll be a bunch of other things to to talk about. But I I may try to find some time to to ask him a couple of questions about this particular story but yes it, it you mean on the production and, side of it like what he had actually intended post yes miniseries right yeah. I, I don't know if if he was like like dr midnight i don't know if he was just setting things up for someone else to run with or if it was going to be like sam a mystery theater where he was he 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 had this and it was going to um launch into something else i i, I don't know if it was going to be more of a shadow thing or if it was going to be um more of a this is well, we'll see how the reception is for this, and then we'll see if I can run with it, um, whether or not he would continue to write and draw. I don't know. Um, it's right. all all speculation, but I, I think um, it, yes, as, as Vince said, it, it, it does end. I think when, yeah, it is, it's, as mentioned, it's a it's 33-year-old story. I was a lot younger when it was originally out, so... Um, my being taken by it and and um i was totally enamored with 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 the art at the time and again this was on the old newsprinty style paper so um i'm reading the the comicsology trade that i'm sure has been recolored and and it 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 may have lost something for that um but also with the whole rose-colored glasses things, I don't. I mean, I Rich Rankin inked him on the Devil by the Deed backup in the Mage series, and Sam Keith inked him on the Mage series mm -hmm. in the original run. Um, I don't remember thirty plus years ago Art Nichols being so, I guess, harsh on Matt back then i i mean i think the, the the line work is there and there's i i love his etrigan i i think you know all all either hunched over and and with 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 the hood up and i and the the steam or the smoke from the eyes i his etrigan is is fantastic and there are absolutely some just like burn does it just like perez does it matt has certain poses or angles that 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 he'll just repurpose and and just use to 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 move the story along and set a scene. Um, but there are things that I remember. And, and, and since we, we had Matt on at the beginning of the month that I ran through the, the three volumes, it, there were things that I see in this demon miniseries that um, I pretty much, the, the grackle flints were, were in the same pillows or position um, in mage. So, so Matt was definitely, he had a bag of tricks and, and, and he, he had a swipe file that he, yeah, I, I'm referred to, and um, 
it just it, it it was apparent only because I I read them so so close together. But um, I I am more positive on the art for this than I am with the story. Now, see, I know you love Matt Wagner. That's a yeah. that's a, that's a given. But yeah. if if we read this um, uh, collectively, and it was mm-hmm. by another uh, author and or illustrator, right? The first thing you would have said, I know you very well. What the fuck? He doesn't do backgrounds. The backgrounds in the backgrounds in this book are like there's maybe ten percent background. Oh, it's all it's all primary colors. Yeah, yeah it's night yeah, and it's all blue. Yeah. Um, but I uh, we I, I do it myself. Like there are some things Frank Miller does that you guys pick up on, and I know they're there. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, and I know they're there. But I'll be like, nah, it's fine, it's fine, it's, it's we, Frank. We you know. forgive, we forgive our loves. It's, yeah, it, and and yes, it's you, and, and no, I when I started reading this, especially when 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 you start. Linda and and they're they're uh, they're having a little discussion and she rips up the philosopher's stone. I mean, yeah, there's there's nothing. There's it's either all all one color. There's no shading. There's there's no gradients. It's 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 all either one color or everything's in shadows. There's there's no there's absolutely yeah. not not a ton of backgrounds. I I'm, I can't I can't argue that it's right here. I mean, right. It, mm-hmm. I, I I gotta say the the uh, title slash splash page of the second issue had the the entirety of the miniseries look like that i think i mean it would be a real winner when um the demon is fighting clutcher and it says dissension from below and it's this massive spread and it's beautifully choreographed and the the it's so fluid and, and and wonderful and it's colored uh, expertly too. I mean, it's just basically primaries, but it, that's... There seems to be more detail in the background when they were in the cave, where you wouldn't right. expect backgrounds than right. there are like at the museum. But I mean, the one thing for me that was surprising after all these years was um, Wagner leans into the magic on this. I mean, he. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he does use in mage. It's like he used here. Yeah, um, I think the only other person at the time that was dropping terms like sympathetic magic. And and you know the, the like was Alan Moore. That's that's it. I mean, there wasn't too many creative types at the big two um, into the occult to the, that extent, and or that haven't reached researched it to that extent. So I was like, ah, oh, damn, you know, he's not playing around with the, the the terminology and and the 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 structure behind the narrative is is really solid. It's just that I mean, it's. I enjoyed it to a point, but it was more um, of a let's see if this thing still um, resonates the way it did when I read it as it was coming out. And I'd have to say not so much. Right. I, yeah. And go ahead. No, but the thing um, that I wanted to say to you going the lead in was if you look at the um, if you go issue by issue, right. And and you look at the way Wagner has crafted the clothing of these people mm-hmm. and the interiors, what he does go into, like room interiors and furniture and stuff. And it, you try to pinpoint, set this story in an era, you it would you would be hard pressed. It kind of looks like the seventies, but then again, it could be the eighties. Mm-hmm. Or or even you know the nineties like the the clothing mm-hmm. is very nondescript. It, it I don't know if it was the uh, 
the idea from the get-go, but it seems to me that this story could be a timeless tale. It could take place in any, well, obviously not Victorian, so uh, a more a post-industrial age tale where it's you can't really tell what what decade it is really yeah it's one of those it's it's kind of like um the gotham tv show that there's no modern day cell phones the the phones are are just generic the cars are all nondescript so it doesn't really it's not like it's it's a modern day story but here it's like there are no cell phones obviously it's but not that they would have really helped i mean batman's mentioned but you know, th- th- this is Jason Blood on his own, um, well with Glenda. But it's 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 a Jason Blood story, and and that's you know th- there's no reason to involve anybody else really. It's 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 not like it's Born Again where all of a sudden now the Avengers show up in in the final arc uh, in the climax and and try to help save the day. This is just th- this was supposed to be from what I understand ending with the new status quo of the demon where where he and Jason Blood are separate entities doing their own thing whether or not Matt had an idea and and Jason Blood would be a supporting character in an Etrigan series I don't know um but this was written and 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 told in a way that um in 1986 they were going to try uh, and separate these two characters. Um, they don't stay separated for long. No, no, they don't. Because as soon as, from what I remember in one interview uh, that Matt did, um, either before the series wrapped up or right after it ended, I don't know if it was Dick Giordano or someone else, a- another editor at DC, um, basically told Matt, "Yeah, um, that that's cool and all, kid, but um, we're just going to." It's whatever you're doing. That's great. But just so you know, it's, it's reverting back or it's all for naught more or less. And, and, um, well, they reverts back together in cosmic odyssey. Right. So it's two years later. So, right. And and it's kind of funny that they were separated by Matt Wagner, who is not someone that this, this many years later is associated with DC very much. I mean, he's done DC, but obviously Mm -hmm. he's much more known for his creator and stuff. And then they were brought back together in Cosmic Odyssey, which we waxed quite detailed about some time ago, by uh, none other than Mike Mignola, who is, again, not really considered much of a DC guy. So it's it's kind of funny. Well, he drew it, but yeah, but it was... No, it, I know it, he drew it. It's Starlin wrote it, but I'm just right. saying, like, it's funny that, that those two guys were responsible for the separation and bringing together. Yeah. And another um, you know, funny little thing about that is that I think they... I think Cosmic Odyssey may have been the first book of the month that i think we all weren't in love with um when we finally read it and 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 discussed it and i think and and not not everything this is this was proof to me that i guess you you kind of not everything you can't always go home again and um as much as i i wanted to love it because i remember enjoying it so much back then whether it's it's because I'm older now, or I've just read so much more stuff, uh, or Demon still just isn't really a character that that moves me. Um, I just remember liking it so much more than I did during this reread. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't read it when it was coming out, so this is my first foray. Um, oh, that's right. We missed. Yeah, we didn't even do that whole little. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, as you guys have already said, I I, I, I found this to be a struggle. I, I, I was re- reluctant to even speak on it because we just had Matt on the show. I think it should be clear to everybody what huge fans we are all are. I mean, Dap is uh, worships at the altar, but I think all three of us think that Wagner's a legend, uh, and uh, I, I'm a huge fan of his much of his work, including some of his DC work. I mean, the, uh, you know, it's, it, I, so it's, I don't, this is probably the first thing I've ever read of his that I just didn't really care for. And I guess what I was surprised by is just, well, two things really that I think stood out to me that were anathema to what I've come to know of Wagner. One, as, as Vince alluded in his intro, it just was so wordy. I mean, my mm-hmm. God. And, it's one thing to have a wordy book, but it's a wordy book where they really did mainly stand around and talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it was pretty much them talking about what was going on versus showing us. And that's pretty disappointing when you're talking about things like demons and hell and Merlin. I mean, if there's ever a palette for an artist to go crazy, those are the kinds of characters that you could do that with. So it felt even more like some books, you know, you, you pick up a, a, an issue of criminal uh, and, and you expect it to be people standing around talking a lot. That's that's totally fine. But this just, it felt strange that that was the visual approach he took. And then, as you said, Dap, the the, the anchor just did him no favors. Um, it, especially in, if, if you're at all familiar with, with Matt's work outside of this, it just, it just muddied up his otherwise beautiful line work. So I just, yeah, it was, it was just tough, man. It was a it was definite a definite struggle. I mean, this, this is a book. I, I would have stopped reading this series, um, an issue, an issue and a half in, uh, and just put it away if 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 it wasn't a book of the month. Like yeah. the re- the reveal, I, like just didn't it wasn't enough. <laughs> like in retrospect, <laughs> like like finding out that they're all related really didn't. I, I, it didn't help me. I didn't, it wasn't worth the effort. But the thing is, I think that the the Jason Blood plus Etrigan formula is it's pretty flawless as e equals mc squared you dick with it it falls apart like right. to this man is tortured by a demon he's he's essentially sharing a body with a demon and, and his life is downbeat and and uh, well his, his, he's an immortal so his lives are downbeat and he feels crushed by the weight of this other presence like that's what demons do Demons possess. Demons, they suck the, the life out of you. It's a, it's a beautiful formula. Kirby knew that. That's why he created it. So to remove Etrigan from his host, it's just, that's no fun. Like, he's too powerful to begin with. They would never let a character like that run around the DC universe without some kind of a, of a, a safety net for him. That's what Jason Blood is. He's the demons, he's Etrigan's safety net. Because he, he fought Superman one, like one to one at one time. He's yeah, he's so Lobo. The, well, Lobo's the, um, pretty damn powerful too. He is. Now we know that you know Billy Batson meets the Wizard Shazam, and how does because I don't unless I glossed over it, I don't think it was really hammered home in this collection. How does Jason Blood and Etrigan become so linked? How do they? What what's what's basically what's the origin? Well, it was Merlin that did it. Merlin like did Jason Blood stumble onto like how did how did Merlin get involved in Jason Blood's life? Jack doesn't really go super into it. 
in, okay. in the first issue, which I reread for this just to, just to um because I have the the Kirby the demon omnibus thing and um it it's all uh Glenda comes to the house and uh she's looking at all the the paintings on the wall and she's like wow all those guys kind of look like you you know and so it's it's Jason Blood has these incarnations which are basically different time periods of himself but then he, he gets switched off and they don't kirby never really went into like what happens between 16th century jason blood and 17th century like does jason go dormant for a while does he go away does he does he become someone else like he doesn't really go deep into that but the whole thing was to um jason was a vessel to house the demon in the fight against morgan le fay and protect the uh, Avalon Falls naturally, and more uh, Merlin's crypt is is unguarded, and so it was just a way of of stopping um, Morgan Le Fay from getting the Book of Eternity, which would pretty much make her unstoppable. And Merlin had the demon be the the brick wall he threw between him, the book, and and Morgan Le Fay. So, but the, as to like exactly how there's not a um, at least not in the first three issues there and for, from what i remember there's not a peter parker at the science fair with the spider trailing down on the web biting his hand like there's no origin story for jason blood other than the I, fact that merlin did his magic and he's now um uh soul um his soul has to be shared with etrigans or his I, body I thought uh, Jason Blood was a member of King Arthur's court. It could be. Like I said, I didn't reread that far. Mm -hmm. I, I only went like two, three issues into it. Jack could have done that. It would it would be smart because uh, who better the to uh, to guard yeah, Avalon than one right. of you know one of the the, the knights? It would be tight in the Merlin connection too. Yeah, I don't know if it was a Jack thing. I guess I was trying to read up on this. I was reading an article from years ago. I forget even where it was from about who Jason Blood was. And it said that uh, that he was a member of King Arthur's court and that Merlin was trying to summon Etrigan and used Jason Blood as a vessel to, to trap him. And then, and then you know, obviously yeah. the rest is history. But yeah, Well, Merlin's a dick. I mean, as we saw from oh, this yeah. too, Merlin's – he's yeah. always been a dick. I did find something cool. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I think even in the Marvel universe, because isn't he um, part of the reason why uh, Brian Braddock is Captain Mar uh, Captain Britain? Hmm. Is that Merlin? Could be. Or is there another? I wizard? think it is. Because hey, then he right. crash yeah, at the at right, the yeah. site and everything. Okay. Um, I thought it was cool that the Kirby's des design of Etrigan was based off of Prince Valiant. Yeah, he pulled a a panel from uh, Prince Valiant, and he just loved the panel. And there's a neat introduction by, to the Demon Omnibus by Mark Evanier, and he said uh, Jack basically looked at that um, panel, and he's like, okay. And he drew the demon, and his first attempt at drawing the demon is the way the demon was represented through the entire series. Jack, just, Jack just, boom, nailed it on the first try. I mean, no, he, had, he had a great source material, but... Mm -hmm. What do you all think of the rhyming? It drives me crazy. Same. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it's it's unique. I don't think I 
I don't hate it. I when I would read demon stories back in the day, I I would um, read them for you know making sure that that they rhymed. But it it almost it was almost at the expense of I didn't care what he was really saying. I didn't care what the message was as long as it kind of rhymed. And and I mean in later years I, I didn't care as much. But at the time when I first became aware of the character. Um, I, it was one of those things where, oh, he had to rhyme. I got to make sure, you know, and, and none of that, you know, bullshit with rhyming time and time. And, and just, it's, it may make different words, damn it. But um, he wasn't always a rhymer. He got, the, the rhyming came with his promotion. He was elevated in. in where did in, I write? Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, he, he even, got, like moved on up like George and Wheezy. Yeah. Even the, the Alan Grant series, I tuned out whenever Etrigan would start with the rhymes for the very same reason that I, I can't I can't have Shakespeare. I can't do it. <laughs> the, the, now, I'm the, intrigued by the fact that Garth Ennis wrote this. Uh, wrote wrote this the character for a while. Oh yeah. Yep. And it's I did different. not realize that that's where Hitman was first introduced. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the bloodlines. Yeah. The annual. Pretty cool. Um I think that's really the only character who did it, it. It's like Venom in the '90s. It's like that's the only character from yeah. that event. That, uh, <laughs> You're not kidding. That um, <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. The majority of them were pretty forgettable characters. Oh God, yes. Yeah, Bloodlines was was, was an atrocious like, an event. Um, but the, um, yeah, I mean, I bought the three issues of the Demon because Lobo has it. it it's Lobo appears in them, and, and I bought those either at, at Heroes or, or New York last year. But um, comes back on a number of occasions. I think. I don't think well, it's only that one time. I think Lobo. No, come- well, the, these these three were actual consecutive issues in, oh, in the okay. back issue bin that I grabbed. I, I wasn't I wasn't looking to to fill a demon run. I just as long as they had the three issues that Lobo appeared, I, I uh, that was part of the. The bulk of the books that I bought from from that one particular dealer, but but this this uh, and it 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 kind of hurts that we're that I'm kind of talking about other things aside from the book of the month. But this reminded me in a way. I thought about another four issue miniseries that um, that after reading this, I would not want to put. In a book of the month, Paul. If anything, this kind of like kind of this may have changed things for me as far as what I'd like to see nominated. Because I, again, like I said, you, you can't go home again. I don't. We've we've been pretty successful with with what we've talked about when it comes to book of the month. There have been a couple of things where. Uh, it, it kind of hurt as we went on, you know, Goon, DuckTales. DuckTales wasn't horrible. It just was different than what we expected. Uh, Cosmic Odyssey didn't, didn't really knock us on our ass. So the, but for the most part, I think we've been pretty – we've had a really good run and, and, and a good time with, with, with the books that, that have won. Um, but as I was reading this, it reminded me of the Falcon miniseries that Jim Owsley had written, where the first issue, penciled by Paul Smith, horrendously inked by Vince Coletta. And that was a one, that was a one issue story that was kind of supposed to be a Marvel fanfare story. Then I guess Marvel wanted to do some mini series. So they kind of fleshed it out and, and priest or Owsley at the time made a four issue mini series, which was then penciled 
by Mark Bright, and and I kind of enjoyed that miniseries. But as I thought about it, the the last issue, um, Ronald Reagan makes an appearance. There are some things that were kind of just I don't know if if Priest at the time wrote them that way or if editorial kind of just wanted because there were characters that just weren't didn't make sense consistently from from one page to the next and i thought about how this how the demon four issue miniseries was probably three issues too long i i think this could have been and it could have i don't want to say it could have been a world's finest story done in 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 eight pages but i think four issues was a little much for for this one particular story when did this come out what was the year? 86? 86. 86. They could have done, at because as, as they were wont to do at the time, they could have done a prestige format, uh, maybe one or two issue series for this instead of a four issue. And then he, and if they did the prestige, you could have gotten a little bit more bloody and a little bit, um, you know. Yeah, you could have gotten a little, yeah, a little bit more adult content. Go, yeah, in, go into the, the hell aspect of it a little more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and I mean, again, um, it's an artifact, and sometimes you dig them up and they glitter, and sometimes not so much. So it happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just for shits and giggles, I have a list of the characters that were uh, introduced in the Bloodlines event. Excellent. Yes. Nice. yes. Um, see how many of these are still around. You have Anima, and An- oh, and that was actually an ongoing series afterwards. Well, um, it was an animus uh, summoning grunge rocker, which debuted in New Titans Annual Number Nine. You have Argus. Wait, wait, hold on, because that that was oh right, because I remember when we when 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 you and I were um, going to talk about Zero Hour, I remember one of that. I remember an issue tied into Zero Hour. Yep. So I knew it was ongoing. Okay. Second one is Argus. Which debuted in Flash Annual number six. Sorry, Cyberforce, not the same one, but there's a Ballistic, which was a Korean American hero that uh, debuted in Batman Annual 17. Cardinal Sin showed up in <laughs> Legends of the Dark Knight Annual number three. Uh, Chimera in oh, yeah. Team Titans Annual number one. Edge was a blade-hurling community hero, which uh, popped up in Superman, Man of Steel, annual number two. Uh, Geist, a ghostly night hero from Detective Comics, annual six. Gunfire, who had mm-hmm. the power to explosively convert matter to energy. So, so, so 90s. In Deathstroke. Oh, it, oh, it gets more 90s. Wait. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hitman, of course, from The Demon, right. annual number two. Hook. By the way, Geist, Geist makes many... Geist is, I know you're because you were saying how many have lived on. Geist has lived on. Okay. Geist was, in, Geist was even in uh, Infinite Crisis and Final Crisis. No shit. Mm-hmm. How do you remember that? Same one. Same one. How do you... How do you, are you Are you doing the Googles? I'm trying to do the Googles, yeah. Okay. So we have guns... Most of these other characters, it looks like pretty much were one and done. So yes. Bloodlines. Yeah. Hook... Which was a hook-handed former soldier, debuted in Green Arrow, Green Arrow Annual Number Six. Jam with two M's. Oh the, no! The with prodigious, the prodigious surfer dude, 
popped up in Legion of Superheroes Annual Number Four, which I do Someone not need to bring him back. I thankfully do not remember that. Joe Public, a strength siphoning patriot from Shadow of the Bat Annual Number One. Crag was in Justice League of America Annual Seven. Layla, tough as nail space explorer, debuted in Lobo Annual Number One. Lionheart in Justice League International Annual Number Four. Loose Cannon. Now I remember Loose Cannon. Strong, uh, super strong ex cop, mood ring version of the Hulk, whose color changes as he gets angrier. That was in Action Comics Annual Five, and I think Loose Cannon may have had his own series or miniseries. Loose Cannon or Canyon? Cannon. It looks oh. like Jam was never never appeared again, but uh, Hook did. <laughs> in what? <laughs> oh, uh, a, a couple of random issues. I, I, I already moved. Past <laughs> I to remember Geist now with that look. Yeah, he looks like Grifter with the purple. Mask yeah, exactly. Um, Loose Cannon, many appearances. Right. That's uh, one that lived. Blood on. Pack, Bloodbath, Eclipso, JSA, Eclipso. Justice League Task Force. Superboy, Superboy and the Ravers. Yep. Did he leave? Did he ever get out of the 90s then? Because these Titans were all 90s in 2003 okay. in the annual Love and War. Villains United, he appeared in 2005. Wow. Uh, oh, I remember Loose Cannon too. Okay, those yeah. are the only. Oh, and, and uh, he was in. Oh, he's in Superman Batman number 32. Yeah, he's like a Shaggy Hulk. He's got yeah. The, yeah. the hair thing. Yeah. Then you have Loria, a woman who could transform into living metal. How do you spell that? L-O-R-I-A. Debuted in Showcase 94, number 12. Mongrel. Jam looks like Adam X. A dark force blasting African-American Vietnamese hero. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, debuted in Hawkman Annual number 1. Myriad showed up in Superman Annual 5. Nightblade, which was a Chinese-American regenerating martial artist. Survived <laughs> Mongols' destruction of Coast City, and showed up in Green Annual, num- Green Lantern Annual number two. Um, Pax, I remember this one, was the last of his race, a space shaman. Debuted in Legion, the acronym Legion, Annual number four. Prism, a light manipulating scientist, showed up in Eclipse in Eclipso Annual number one. What better to show up in an Eclipso Annual than a light manipulating scientist? Razor Sharp showed up in Robin Annual number two, and here's here's this one wins the prize for the most ninety name Shadow Strike. S- yes, S T R Y K E. Uh, Justice League America Annual seven, Slingshot. Uh, Justice League America Annual number seven, Sparks, which was with an X. Uh, Adventures of Superman Annual five. And last but certainly not least, um, Terror Smith, a monster-making villain Terror Smith. that showed up in Justice League America Annual number 7. But if you look at the list, they are really trying to diversify the character base. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Um, Nightblade and Razor Sharp made many appearances after that. Sweet. I guess all, it seems like the Blood Pack, the group, has made appearances probably as like a jobber group from time to time. Because all these characters, they're all members of the Blood Pack. Right. Ballistic Geist, Jade, Mongrel, Nightblade, Razor Sharp, and Sparks are all Blood Pack members. 
and the event was sectioned off into uh, four uh, quadrants. You had Bloodlines Outbreak, Bloodlines Deathstorm, Bloodlines Earth Plague, and Bloodlines Bloodbath. A lot of blood. <laughs> yep. A lot of blood. Yeah. I would like to get, because you know you're going to find these annuals for like a quarter or 50 cents a piece. Well, I would, I have the demon one. Yeah, well, yeah. But I have that already. So I would yes. I would like to maybe do a bind of all the Bloodlines annuals and just for, you know, fun. Just read mm-hmm. them over and see if any of them pass muster. No, no they won't. <laughs> you, um, don't, you don't know that. I have... Uh, I don't want to say I, I haven't read any, but I have read practically no Hitman. Oh, that's shame. a shame. Oh, that, why don't you throw some Hitman on the next book of the month? That's okay. a shame, really. Okay. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I've re- I've definitely seen the character in different things, but I've never yeah. read. I'm pretty sure I've never read a Hitman proper, book, oh, like a book. That yeah, is, start to finish. Yeah, I've yeah. never read an issue. It's a wonderful series. Yeah. Oh, let's let's do. Yeah, it the last Throw issue will kick you right yeah. in the ass. Well, I don't well, know if we're going to read the entire series, but... Yeah. I mean, but, if there's uh, a... If if there's... I mean, if we... I don't even know if the trades are, are in print or if they're available, but I mean, yeah, if there's a if, if there's a collection that uh, that seems to be the one that kind of like... Like with the Goon, we started at the beginning, whereas we probably should have maybe picked something later. If there's a, a later volume that, that's available, that kind of like gives us an idea of what the character and that, that world is about, then yeah. We'll definitely put it on the list. Well, you got to start with the first one. I'm sure the first okay. one's still... Right. They yeah. are all widely available on Comixology. Sweet. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Nice. Right. It's Do- a deal. Sure. It doesn't, doesn't look like it's... Oh, let me log in and see if it's available on Limited. I don't know that it is, but uh, let's see. They're definitely available for purchase, though. So there you go, people. That was our um, Book of the Month, The Demon from the Darkness by way of Bloodlines and... Uh, Hitman. <laughs> when are we doing? Because Vince, you had thrown out the idea, and we all were gung ho last book of the month about us every quarter taking a turn where we pick all the nominees. When when is that starting, and who's up first? Well, you're the boss. You decide, <laughs> bro. You're the executive producer, man. All right. Next book of the month will be decided by Jason. Oh Lord. Okay. No, oh, you want me to go? I'll go first. I don't care. I could throw together eleven books, no problem. Yeah. No, I can't do it. But you know, I'm just feeling this this Hitman though. I, all I right, put all I put eleven issues, eleven volumes of Hitman on it. <laughs> Actually, they're, they're only seven. They're only seven. So. No, um, I'll take the next one. Okay, and I'll put the Hitman on it. I don't know, Dap. You might not want to. You, I think if we are going to do Hitman, we want to make sure that we end after the first two volumes because I'm looking at the cover dress of all the trades, and the third trade is. Kyle Rayner and Hitman sitting having drinks at a bar. No, it's great. You got to read it. It's Heroes, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll like it. Yep. Well, I, I definitely am a big Ennis fan, and I like John McRazor quite a bit, so I'm surprised. Yeah, this is definitely a white space for me. Well, okay, this will maybe tantalize you even more. I think Hitman is a better work than The Boys. Interesting. It, it, my only question is, the thing about the boys that I think is so fun is how R-rated it is. Well, Hitman gets pretty saucy. There's a lot of violence in it, but I don't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. A, I don't remember if it was a mature reader's title. Was it? It wasn't Vertigo. It may have. It. It no, because you had Superman show up and and yeah, well, yeah. It was, it yeah was I mean, the, the first cover oh. is Batman and Hitman, like a volume one. So, it seems like the major DC characters were always a part of the book. 
Yeah, they but they're they're mostly scoffed at. Mocked. Yeah. Well, pretty, kudos to DC for not taking itself too seriously because the the series ran for a long time. Oh yeah, sixty five issues. Nice. I think. No, it's That's wonder. Cool. It's a wonderful series. We we should, yeah we'll we'll read it. I have to admit the conversation about this book of the month went a lot better than I thought it was going to based on our collection. <laughs> Seriously, uh, reading it. You you always say that. Are we not professionals? We're going to do justice to it. <laughs> we have to show our faces. At yeah, and even if listen, and, and no matter how we may feel about something, I think we're all grown enough to to present it in. in in a respectful manner. So I'm a grown ass man, dog. Right. Exactly. You, you could say, hey, man, I really love the Rolling Stones, but that's, I mean, I'm just not saying this for me. I'm saying this for the public at large. Love the Rolling Stones, but man, that Satanic Majesty's Request album, that's the, sh- that's terrible. You know, that happens. We love writers. Sometimes they have deep cuts in their catalog that are not going to make us get up and dance. This is one of those instances. Yeah, like, like Rob with Major X. Right. Do you know he's doing Major X Zero? Yeah. What? What? Is he doing it? Or? Yeah. No. Rob's uh, writing and drawing it. Yep. Well, he's had time. I mean, it's. it's I don't think it's be- as bad as Jason. I, I like it. I, I think Ooh. you're being unfair. No, I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. It's fun. Um, are we ready to to move on to other things? Yeah. I just want to do a quick update. I'm, I'm sure 99% of those of you listening to us chat this week already know this because you pay attention to the news. But uh, we did talk last week about Tom Tom King's uh, abrupt uh, departure from Batman on issue 85 instead of 104, 106, whatever it was. And we had we had we had spoken to Tom and we gave you what we could give you, but. Um, now the news is out that he is in fact going to be able to finish his series, albeit in a standalone 12 issue miniseries called Batman Catwoman. And it will be written by Tom. It'll be monthly and it'll be drawn by Clay Mann, who again, most of you probably realize has been Tom's partner in the heroes in crisis event, which, uh, uh interestingly just wrapped up, uh, this week, but, um, by Tom's own words, Batman and Catwoman is a chance to do what Morrison and Quitely did in Batman and Robin, launch an ambitious, accessible, beautiful, thrilling new series that concludes years of stories and defines what Batman is, can, and will be. This will be a comic about what the best Batman comics are have always been about, how our greatest hero turns fear into bravery, pain into hope, trauma into love. It's the story I always wanted to tell, and I'm telling it with the man I consider to be the greatest artist in comics, my brother Clayman. Now, I got, well, we have huge love for Tom, but one thing he's got to tighten up, he calls every one of the artists he works with the greatest artist alive. It can only be one and greatest. His brother. Well, so, no, he, like, like, he's, listen, it's, 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 his, read, it's his 11 o'clock. I'm, I'm like, what the what? Well, I mean, I'm sure the person that is receiving the compliment knows full well that Tom doesn't think he's the greatest artist ever. <laughs> But I, I mean, he thinks he's the greatest artist for that project. I mean, I don't, I, don't I can't know. imagine anybody but Mitch doing Mister Miracle. I, uh, you know, so it's it's Clay seems to be the man for Batman and Catwoman, and um, you know, I think it's it's funny you say that, Jason, only because I mean, how many 
How many times have we asked people to name their favorite and everybody comes at us with, oh, I mentioned this, but here's three other runners ups. And it's like, dude, like just right. seriously, it's it's if you can only save one from a fire, you have two hands and it weighs 80 pounds. You can't grab everything. What is the one thing you're going to leave? I <laughs> I don't I get it. You know, you want to make sure you love everybody and everybody gets mentioned. I, I dude, we do the 11 o'clockers and it hurts when I have to actually just name one thing. But that's the one that won. So, yeah, I and way, way different tangent. But no, I I laugh at that because you're right. You know, he said it. It Mitch is his brother. Clay is his brother. Everybody's his brother. But um, OK, Hypothetical situation. Uh-huh. You're Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. And you're doing Ooh. a pre- and you're doing a press conference <laughs> and you and and the words I'm doing this project with the man I can man or woman I consider the greatest artist in comics. Who's the person sitting next to you? Well, are you saying if I'm What's Tom, the like people he's worked with? No, What's I'm the- saying you're 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 a comic book writer oh. and you got the same thing that affected Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. You cannot right. lie. Oh, right. And well, you say I, yeah. And you say this this person next to me is uh, I consider them the greatest comic book artist currently alive. Who's the person? Well, first of all, before I give an answer, I will say that me or you or David answering that question is a lot different than Tom answering that question. Well, yeah, I don't care about Tom in Tom's this instance. Got a partner. Yeah, I'm just talking about and us. For the record, if Project I were if I were Tom, the answer would be Mitch without a, without question. I. I yeah, I think Clay is very. I'm, I'll give you my answer. Relax. You're I not think Clay, Tom, though. No, I'm saying I think Clay Man is very, very solid, but Clay has got a style that's to me. Um, and apologies to Clay if he takes offense to this. I think he's very much a Jim Lee clone, uh, and he's he's good at what he does, but it's a little too pretty, a little too chiseled. Um, I think Mitch has shown a much. Uh, more unique visual aesthetic, yet been able to pull off superhero comics, and I think that's hard. Nice. So I just anyway. have to thank you mm-hmm. for uttering the phrase "Clay Man is solid." Oh, absolutely! No, just the the Clay Man, yeah, is solid. It's it's a very fun phrase. It is. So, who do I think is the greatest living artist? Oof! You did the project with him. You said it. You can't lie. Who who is it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just have to, I have to think on it for a moment. There's so many fantastic artists. Um, but yeah, if I had unlimited budget and the power to pick, handpick anybody. Um, uh, probably Opeña. Oh, okay, respect. I was, I was, I was thinking you, you may lean towards. Uh, Pepe, but that's that. That's a, oh, that's no, a solid choice. No, no, okay, no, that's fine. No, I, it was actually I in my head. I was toying with uh, Mateo or or. Oh, nice. Yeah. But you, Vince. Oh, I asked the question, so I go last. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I, I so so want to say one person in particular, but I think. I think the one who I have to go with is uh, Stuart Eminem. Damn, that's so good. And by the way, I think a lot of professional artists would say Stuart Eminem. He's one of those guys that is beloved by his peers yeah. as as I, an artist. I, I, I'm I was, and 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 not to break my rule by mentioning others. I the the, the runner up for me 
the person who I, I, cause I'm looking at the shelf and I'm like, okay, yeah, I would love to see I, if I could work with someone, I would absolutely love to work with Jorge Jimenez. But if, if, if there's one person who could do the project who I would have on my side saying, this is the greatest artist to work on this project, it, it would be Stuart. Well, you just love to be in a, in a loft uh, studio collaborating with Jorge because of his mother. Oh, absolutely. Not even about comics. Just, you know, he just prints around the room. He's a handsome bastard. Yes. Go ahead, Vince. Well, I had plans of breaking it up. Well, if I was going to do a mainstream. Oh, no, no but I'm see, not. But I'm not. I'm saying. I, that's why I said depends on the fucking project because. But. Sir. No, the Come man on. that captures the aesthetic that I love to see in comics, the man I think does it completely right, and I can't lie. I think he's the greatest living comic book artist. I'd have to say Eric Larson. Okay, uh, that's 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 uh, on brand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that's that that feels a little bit. I am mad at that answer. Yeah, and by the way, I just checked. I mean, I, I have given Jerome my artist of the year on the Oscars more times than anybody else, so it feels right. Okay. Yeah. He's been in my pick three times. Nice. Hey, he's been in my pick twice. So. Okay, all right. Yeah. And Mateo might get it this year, depending on how Black Science ends. Oh, so. no doubt. Plus, he, see these covers? The new series. Popping? Yeah, yeah. Damn. It's popping. On and Oh, and before we move uh, off off the Tom King thing, the other great thing is I love when, when good things happen to good people. Um, regardless of the drama for your mama that uh, went on with this Batman stuff, uh, Tom is getting the last laugh and moving up like Jordan Weezy because, as uh, some may have seen, it was officially announced today. I believe Ava DuVernay broke the news, which is kind of cool, on Twitter But uh, before the official press release went out. But Tom, who we know took a trip to L.A. a few weeks, months, I guess months ago to have secret meetings. Um, well, those secret meetings went well, and Tom has been officially named the co-writer, along with Ava DuVernay, of the... Pending New Gods DC film. So uh, Duvernay is directing it as well. She's writing and directing it. But, but she and Tom are the co-screenwriters. That is massive. I mean, he's going to be the creator, the helmer of a freaking $200 million blockbuster. How awesome is that? I'm completely confident that he will do right by Kirby's New Gods. Absolutely. It, it, I mean, we know he can because of Mr. Miracle. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. So... Congrats to our, our homie. Much big, deserved. Big props, yeah. Dude That's is, amazing. Big time hustler. I remember the little boy sitting behind the table at the cons. You want to buy my book? And now... <laughs> All grown up. Now look at him. Now look at him. We love All him. Up. All right, let's talk about some comics. We had taken a break from discussing um, No Road Home. We were doing it every week for a while. Yeah, but, yeah I know. But why did we, we fall into a, a rut there? Well, because it was, it became the, the obligatory, oh, here's the No Road Home section of this week's podcast. So uh, I, I guess that's why we did it, but uh, we lapsed. And um, I do believe we should do justice to the ending of the series and, and talk about it a little bit. And Jason, you haven't said much in the uh, first half of this episode. I think you should uh, take the wheel. Um, all right. Well, um, first of all, I will say that, um, we very much, when we were speaking on the book as, as people that, unless you're a new listener, know we were very much vibing with it. Um, and as a follow up to no surrender, uh, I thought they didn't skip a beat. 
this is I don't know why we can't have Avengers proper be like these events. I don't know. <laughs> like that would be awesome. I don't know why that isn't. Which, by the way, I shouldn't really probably an inopportune time to make that comment because I do I do enjoy what uh, Jason is doing on the Avengers book right now. He's uh, as an aside, I think he's he's coming to his own quite nicely uh, on that book. And No uh, Surrender was the last issues of the Avengers proper title. True. That's true. And weirdly enough, No Road Home has legacy numbering as well. If you yeah. Notice. Yeah. Like uh, like the last issue is this legacy number seven seventeen. Yep. So it's a little confusing, but uh, yeah, the book is written co-written by Al. The the series I should say is co-written by Al Ewing, uh, Jim Zub, and Mark Wade, um, with uh, art mainly by Sean Izakse. I believe I'm saying that right. Uh, who is fantastic, by the way. No idea if he works digitally or traditionally. I hope traditionally. Um, <laughs> But the story has, as a reminder, because it's been a while since we talked about it, the story essentially revolves around Nyx, who is the goddess of night, and she's part of the Greek pantheon of Marvel gods, and her children. And they have essentially come out of, you know, they were, as, as, they, as were wont to do with bad gods, she was locked away for a long time and somehow has come to escape. And um, in this case, the, the, the reason she gets to escape is because of Voyager, who people may remember is the uh, was created in No Surrender and was retconned in at least for a time in that book as a founding member of the Avengers. We then come to find out that was all a, a lark, and she is in fact uh, the daughter of the Grandmaster, who is one of the elders of the universe. And it was all part of a giant game he was playing, but uh, and she was involved. But anyway, um, because of her machinations. Uh, Nyx escapes and she is the goddess of night and she is a total badass and she is trying to reclaim uh, her soul which was broken up into three shards by Zeus uh, and spread about and so this series is essentially uh, her quest to get those shards and the Marvel heroes um, splitting up into three teams trying to prevent her and her offspring from succeeding in that um, and Unfortunately, I think where we left off, she hadn't gotten the shards, but in issues 7, 8, 9, and 10, she does, in fact, reclaim her shards uh, and then heads, and this is where it gets weird, she heads to a house on Long Island, um, which is, like, talk about a left turn. I mean, I just, it, it just felt like an abrupt left turn. And for some reason, no one else can enter the house or none of the Avengers can enter the house save for the Vision. And during the series, the Vision was straight gaffled. So at this point, he is uh, broken into pieces and malfunctioning and, sp- and not speaking properly. He's on his last legs. But uh, he gets through the house, and in issue 10, he sees we are we are int- reintroduced to a perfectly pristine, and new costume, by the way, uh, Vision. He's all better. And he has essentially a uh, long and winding conversation with Nix. But where it gets fascinating is that in issue 10, the book's conclusion, it really becomes the writer's and artist's treatise on the power of storytelling and comics. And the vision essentially defeats Nix by the power of creation. And, uh, it's 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 this strange meta commentary 
Um, and it's pretty, it's, it's, it's barely under the uh, surface. It's not like you have to dig too deep here. Um, but it, it almost felt like a mission statement by the creators. Like they were trying to remind the world of how powerful comic books can be. Uh, and I just didn't see that the book ending that way. Um, because it, the first series was a straight superhero adventure and fantastic. And then this book for nine issues was a straight superhero good versus evil type of thing. So it, it is funny that they, they, they took this opportunity almost like a, a bow with the last issue, an epilogue to make this, this uh, statement. And, it, um, like, and, and just to give you a, a, a point, the Vision's talking to Nix and he says, you know, at first I thought it odd being a house with no windows, but that's not accurate. Stories are windows. And here... Where all stories are born, there are an infinite number. All we need to do is make them appear. And as he's saying that, suddenly all we need to do is imagine them. And all of these different characters, Marvel characters, start to manifest alongside Vision in an Avengers Assemble type of thing. You've got Miss Marvel and um, Ironheart and Bucky and uh, Wiccan. Uh, are they the first ones he, he brings to life? And then they're all fighting with Nix. And she's like, what is this trickery? And then... We've got the, the Runaways, and we've got Captain Marvel and Miles Morales. Um, and he says, uh, you know, uh, it's a multiverse. It's built around you, the ultimate creation. And and then, then when the big guns come out, we've got uh, Vince's favorite, Gambit. And we've got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, Cable and Deadpool and um, Bishop. And they join the fight. And then we've got Cloak and Dagger and Cannonball and Elektra. Uh, and Vision says, darkness is, a, is an ending. It's a shuddering of ideas. Light is the beginning, the light of inspiration, the light of the human spirit, forever mightier than your narcissism, your cynicism. And that's a powerful statement, right? I mean, that's on the nose, right? I mean, to me, this is, fuck all you naysayers who keep saying how bad com- mainstream comics are now. Screw all of you that don't like change or creativity and think that comics belong to you. Like, that's not what this, that's not what this is about. And we've got like classic Kitty Pride and and classic She Hulk and classic Spider Woman and and the best version of Wolverine, the the brown and yellow <laughs> costume. Yes. Yet then they go with the. It's funny they go all with the classics, but then they go with uh, the Mr. modern Declan Shalvey Moon Knight, Mister Knight, Nightcrawler, Nova, another classic version of Nova. You've got uh, Vince's Man Thing. You've got like old school seventies Iron Fist and Power Man. You've got. Um, Adam Warlock, the Ghost Rider, Black Panther, Silver Surfer, Black Black Widow, Falcon, Daredevil. They just keep coming. And then you get the old school classic, uh, the original OG uh, version yeah, of the X-Class. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and then Doc Strange. And then you get Iron Man in one of his uh, early... The, ori- the best armor. Your favorite, right? The, the original yeah. red and yellow costume. Um, and then you get this amazing double-page spread, which is if Zoxa is working in traditional, I would love to own of all of them just fighting against Nick. My, my absolute favorite part of this issue, because as Vision is talking, he, 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 he throws out the adjectives around next to each block of, of characters. And it's, it's, it's the fantastic, yep. the astonishing, the amazing. And, and I, that's one thing. This slight tangent is is you know as, as much as I I love the DC books, the Marvel books because it's the Amazing Spider Man, it's the Fantastic Four, it's the Uncanny X Men, and and it, they yep. they they have just the extra part of that title mm-hmm. which just really punches you in the face before you even turn the cover. So 
that this double page spread alone is gorgeous, especially yeah. with She-Hulk trying to take out Nick's with a with a punch to the breadbasket. But you know, them throwing the adjectives there is is yeah, and it's, just, it's laid out well because on the page he, he says you can't win here. You're playing against the house, and then the double page spread <laughs> the house of ideas. And again, listen, I I can't tell you that in another universe I wouldn't find this to be too on the nose. I mean, call you know bring call, but. For some reason, this just felt right. Maybe it's the time. Maybe it's because of all the bullshit that's going on. Um, it just felt right. It felt like a great way for them to make the statement that you know what, comics are badass, and there's a lot of awesome shit going on. And yeah. and, and and then um, and that's basically and they use that metaphor of, of, to grandstand and make their message, but they do it beautifully, visually stunning. Vision it defeats Nick's. He comes out of the house fully formed and. Looks like whatever it was is going to stick. His new form is is, is all good, um, and uh, everyone kind of goes about their business. Like they they uh, you know they 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 go off and and do their thing, and um, we get like little we get a little almost like a zero issue kind of flashback, one or two pages of each of the core groups of the Avengers and what they're up to. Um, Some you know you so you've got you've got uh, you've got like the uh, the Avengers Mountain, and you see what they're up to, and you've got Photon, and uh, you know hooking up with um, what's his name, Blue Blue, Blue Marvel. Marvel? Yeah, yeah, Blue Marvel. Um, you kind of got this like little random nod to Bruce Banner, which how many times have we seen Bruce Banner walking the street, like, walking down a shirtless, a, a, a shirtless, and yeah, wondering. <laughs> like, okay. um, you've got a little little Guardians of the Galaxy update. You've got. Uh, We've got a couple of the, the Avengers chilling out at a diner in California, reminding us that uh, Wanda's currently bedding down with Brother Voodoo. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, and then <laughs> and then it gets really interesting because then yeah. um, we say, and I don't believe the universe is ready to let them go yet. And then it says, in a space beyond space, and probably my favorite panel of the of the issue, you see this giant electrified planet, and out comes a very Kirby-esque, uh, glistening, metallic modern looking uh floating city with with giant heads of, of pantheonic gods as the base it says Krakum, the wheel is turned zeus and his people are born again and we see uh zeus but in a way we've never seen zeus before he's basically like captain universe he's got his his skin is just crackling with kirby crackle like like a, almost like he's a, a self-contained universe with uh, a beard and muscles and uh he says born anew and let the stars tremble so I, I I guess they're leading up to some kind of story with um, with the Greek gods being reborn in a Rag, uh, not Ragnarok of course but a Greek version of Ragnarok and uh, with new purpose and more serious um, and then we see our our buddy Conan has ended up in the Savage Land which we already knew because we read Savage Avengers um, and um, yeah and then clearly uh, there's an epilogue and and we see Hercules new and improved although it's funny because. The new and improved Hercules looks an awful lot like, uh, like uh, the the version from um, what's home Bob Layton series. Yeah, Bob Layton. Power. Exactly. Yeah. It looks like Prince of, a modern a modern version of the Prince of Power Hercules. But uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get like a Hercules series or if we're going to get, but or if this is going to be in, in an Avengers proper. I don't know, but but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued for sure. A couple of things you kind of sort of glossed over. Yeah, we'll speak on it, Mister Executive Producer. No, I'm just saying. Um, I think it's extremely telling. At least you know what side of the uh, age-old battle that the writers were on. 
where the House of Ideas is none other than Jack Kirby's house on Long Island, which is a commentary saying that the entire Marvel Universe sprung, fully formed out of Jack Kirby's house on Long Island. That was cool. But the didn't fa- know it was Jack Kirby's house. Really? Why would I know that? Well, they made specifically, it was very specific, like, why are we going to this house on Long Island, of all places? Right, but why would I know that? Well, like, th- yeah, that's Jack where Jack Island. lived up until, like, 69. Why would I know that? It, because it, it's too specific to be just a, a, a an average, like, a, a just a throwaway line. But um, See, that, there should be an editor's note for something like that. I bet you 95% of the people that read this comic didn't know that. Really? Sure. Well, then he moved to... California after 69 but the the Marvel Universe was created in Long Island and uh, the fact that the Vision is the only one that can go into the house the Vision is patterned after the the original Human Torch Jim Hammond and who's who's on the cover of Marvel Comics number one oh snap yep oh very good the original Human Torch he actually does start to look like Jim Hammond at one point yeah and which which is why the um the the writer's notes use the the human torch's first appearance in the um at the end of the tenth issue. Nice. Yeah, so you were right. It gets very meta, but surprisingly meta. Because very much surprising. Yeah, right? it doesn't say that the House of Ideas is this dual location between Manhattan and Long Island. It says the House of Ideas is this place in Long Island, which I found very comfortable, very very fitting. But you're again, depending on what side of the the, the battle you're on, your your mileage may vary. But this was very Kirby centric. This series, the ending anyway. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Me me too. Me too. I yeah. The the meta was completely unexpected, but I thought it worked here. Yeah, and I'm a little worried about Rocket. And I know that the that storyline's going to culminate very soon in the pages of guardians of the galaxy with this whole death of rocket stuff that they're they're doing but it was almost like a goodbye for rocket at the end because yeah, well you know he he was just like and they said we're going to check in on the most troubled of them all and you see rocket i'm like what wait what, trump most trouble of them all and then you you the whole he hides it well thing with the you know uh, the, his origins and stuff, but uh, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I don't think they'll kill off Rocket, but it's not going to be good for a little buddy in, in the future. I don't think. Well, we haven't even seen him yet, and because um, Gamora is on that planet to to kill Rocket, and um, and this this first arc so far as it's unraveling with the first five issues, uh, we know Rocket's in this shed of uh, of a house, but. We we haven't seen him yet. So why uh, does Gamora want to kill Rocket now? I now you read, um, you read the the Duggan series in Infinity Wars. I I haven't. I'm waiting for the for the hardcover. Um, so I don't know. You bought if, that? You the do, hardcover? Yeah, you do know it's Mike Diodato, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was, it was half price. It, I, it's a <laughs> whole collection. <laughs> it's you know, it's uh, yeah. It, it, it's it's not the Thanos story. It's it's the, the at any event. Um, 
I you read that, so I yeah. don't know what kind of fallout Rocket if Rocket was involved in that at all. But um, I just reading the Donny Cates story, nothing's been explicitly explained. Um, well, Gamora seems pretty unhinged these days. Well, yeah, I mean, there was also the whole. I mean, everybody was after her because they thought that's who. Um, that was the the Trojan. That that was who Thanos was going to right. put his soul in. And and the fifth issue, we we uh, it was ooh, that was a doozy. Come um, here, adopted did, daughter. Let me put my soul in you. Like that's yeah, it's well, a little icky. I just a uh, spoiler warning. It's not in Gamora, and and it's um, <laughs> I didn't. I I should have seen it, but I didn't. And and when the reveal happened, I was uh, I I loved it, and and it made perfect fucking sense but um enough to swear yeah, about <laughs> now yeah there is yeah it's trust me uh but it, it's yeah so now I'm, I'm i'm amped for the the sixth issue for to finish this arc and then find out if um maybe i mean we might have to wait after war of the realms to find out what what's going on with rocket and whether or not why she wants him dead but yeah i'm sure we will yes so what else do we have I got stuff. Well, then share things. <laughs> but I mean, I want to. I want. I have questions that I would like to ask David about oh. about this. Oh, yes, because I read. Do I really need to go through the whole creative team on this? I will. Um, it's by Bendis, Rucka, Fraction, and Draco, Paquette, Perkins, Lieber, Panicia, Ferreira, Fairbane, Mounts, and Placencia. It My is thoughts. yes. It's Superman, Leviathan Rising, special number one. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I did. I, I read that today um, during lunch because I was flipping through it, and and I had to, um, I had to read it. So the previews are still sitting here, undog-eared. But yes, please, by all means. I, yeah, it, it's on my list. I read it. Um, I know that, uh, and I know that we we joked about. Um, when you might get around to finally reading uh, the Bendis Superman stuff based on what you were excited about uh, th- that you read from uh, almost 10 years ago. and But by all means, yes. I don't know who this Leon person is. is she seems to be some kind of the head of something. She, uh, she, is, she appeared in... Um, uh, Action Comics. She's the... She was revealed to be the uh, the big bad the mastermind behind what was going on in the action comic story because Superman is still dealing with um, Rogozar and and Jor El and John in space so action comics is more of the down to earth dealing with the Daily Planet and its supporting cast. Um, so why does she have a beef with Superman? That hasn't ex- that that hasn't been explained. She it, it's not so much that I think she well we don't know why. She may have a bone to pick with Superman per se. She is she's trying to do things that nobody else has been able to do, which is why she won't let anybody say certain words. Um, I thought that was cool. That that was that, you, right. You can't right? say you can't say kryptonite. You can't say, you can't say Lois. You, yeah, yeah. yeah which, I, mean, and I mean, that's that that, and that's one of those things where I'm things like that are what get me excited about. 
reading the current Bendis stuff because I mean it, these are all things that you know could have been done before or I don't even want to say should have been but it, he's 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 just he's taking a different approach and and the, these are the kind of things where had you had a character like that and okay the century or high period had you had a character like Superman in the Marvel Universe Bendis probably would have done these tricks there but he's playing with Superman now so he can things that wouldn't necessarily work across the street or on the other coast he can play with here and and um and yes i agree with you that that when you have a character like this woman who um is flexing and and uh kind of setting up these rules i that kind of has me sitting up and taking notice well she's in a bookstore and i guess jimmy got a great deal with a, a tashin like book publisher where he has a um a photography a book of his photography and it's very expensive and she's it's 200 bucks it's oversized um like tashin books i just want to I, i'll mention them again like a tashin book mm-hmm. and uh, so she's looking at the book and she's approached by this leviathan character and he's got um some kind of a software working on him yeah. that that masks his his facial features by regenerating the facial features every couple seconds or whatever and she's talking to him and he she thinks she's dead as soon as she finds out that he's leviathan she's she's like okay well so how are you going to get rid of me and he's like i don't want to get rid of you you're you're one of the only people i think is smart he's like um like he turns into um there there are some faces that pop up that you may have seen in Mission Impossible, <laughs> the movies, uh, it's, they keep shifting. And, and she's talking to him, and he's like, so so what's what do we do about this? And he's, he's about to say Superman. She's like, eh, you don't say that. You don't say those words. What do we do about this person? And she basically says, you can't go after the obvious target like Lois Lane. You have to approach it from a different perspective. He's just... He he he's a, a lost little boy, and you have to treat him like that. And you don't you don't try and take away the the things the the things closest to him because he's going to see that coming. You have to approach it in a revolutionary way, and you can't monologue. You get him, you you, you and you kill him. You, there, you don't have to tell him why. You don't have to reveal your grand plan to him before you dispose of him. You just do it. That's the problem. Everybody wants to think. Everybody wants the the their target to realize or to know why they did it. She's like bullshit. You just do it, and then and then you know you'll win. Um, and so they they kidnap Clark Kent. They obviously don't know this Leviathan. Obviously doesn't know that Clark Kent is Superman. And if Superman's flying over the city and he, and he sees a bunch of people in his apartment with, with guns and, and body armor and he goes to Lois, there's, there's people in my apartment, what do I do? And she, he's like, well, I'll just go through with it. I'll let them get kidnapped. I'll get the story out of it. I'll let them take me in and, and we'll see where this goes. So they, they kidnap Clark Kent and it turns out to be Talia. And she outfits him with a kryptonite vest thinking that Superman was going to come to save Clark and would be weakened by the kryptonite when she doesn't even know that she's got Superman sitting right there in this chair. You know, so Lois gets a little worried. It's not the average 
kidnapping scheme that Clark undergoes every so often. You know, he would have been home by now, but then she gets to her, their their crib and she sees that the mail is stacked in in one pile. And she's like, okay, this is bad. Because Clark usually takes all my mail and stacks it in a separate stack and his mail in another stack. So something's up. So she calls Batman. She gets on and she tells Batman, something's going down. We need to assemble the Justice League. Uh, but the cool part for me about this issue was not the main story. <laughs> it was the Jimmy Olsen story. I knew you were saying that. Yeah, this thing is great because Jimmy yeah. wakes up naked and in bed with a woman on his book tour. He's in Gorilla City. Why did it, Why is he in Gorilla City? Because he's on a book tour. I know, but it's so weird. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He, his book tour goes through Gorilla City and the bookstore in Gorilla City, the B has been taken off bookstore. So it's, just so it's an bookstore. Like, what? <laughs> this is great. So now did the, so I got to did, did did this little interlude by Fraction um, and Lieber did this make you interested in no this sealed the deal and you you know oh, why so you're, getting, so you're getting the Jimmy Olsen series right you know why this sealed the deal right why Dexter I knew it yeah <laughs> I did I did I did know that Jimmy wakes up with this woman and supposedly she's from like so- a multi dimensional yeah. What what was her name? Um, uh, Jix or Jix? Uh, yeah, yeah Jix. She's a she's hot, but she's a she's like a, a cat woman, but yeah. in multiple dimensions. And and I travel a lot to other worlds. Yeah, sometimes and, other dimensions, sometimes other worlds and other dimensions. It depends. Once I'm there, I steal back gems that were stolen from my family a couple hundred thousand years ago, give or take. Yeah. And what she does is, in order for for Jimmy not to follow her, she leaves what he thinks is a cat in the bathroom. And Jimmy opens the door, and the cat has all the his clothes shredded in the bathroom. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hi, kitty, kitty. And he goes up, and the cat rips him apart because it's Dexter of the Red Lanterns. Which and the we cat no for another couple pages. Right. You don't know that for a couple, until the cat starts puking blood. All over the room. And Jimmy's like, what the hell? This cat's like, Jimmy's covered in blood. The room's covered in blood. And he leaves Gorilla City with the with Dexter. And he's completely red. And every yeah. all the, the denizens of, of this, this hotel are with looking this, at him. With this checkerboard, pan, with this, uh, checkerboard socks. Yeah, it's insane. And it's right in the middle of this doom and gloom Superman story. Like the DC universe is going to be changed forever by this Leviathan. Oh, here's Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> get, yeah. Getting lucky. And Dexter's in it. Puking blood. It's, it was so refreshing to me. Like this could have, the timing was great. And, but the Supergirl part, it was okay. Supergirl's adoptive parents go missing oh. and possibly and, and dead. I think it was a way for, for Mark and Draco to bring back Manhunter. Yeah. I think so. Well, I mean, I always like Kate. Kate's fun, right? Okay. But um, it, it, the culmination of this thing was uh, Firestorm and and uh, Jimmy dressed in a gorilla suit. Which I guess that's how we got out of Gorilla City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to a person named Gorilla. What, like, what the hell? And Dexter's on his shoulder. It looks yeah, like a... Hang, they're hanging out now. It's like, What? What are you doing? This and I'm is... guessing, and Lois had to dress as, I guess she had to impersonate 
Natalia, yeah. To, to, to get into where she had to get into. I'm so telling you, far. Lois and Natalia dress is not bad looking. No, seriously. Right. But, I mean, Leviathan confronts Talia, and he's like, you tried to get one up on me? I'll see you. And he throws her out of his... his um, his flying vessel. His flying vessel. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. His flying vessel. His his uh, helicarrier, whatever it is. And Superman rescues her. And I'm telling you, if but you're missing a, I think you didn't, you're not mentioning the key point, which is that he's mad at her because he said you're wasting time trying to fight the alien. You're on the wrong side. Yes. Right. Yeah, she's she, she's she's undermining his 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 plan. Right, and, but his uh, plan is to be allied with the heroes, which is strange. Right, but Talia was the head of Leviathan to begin with, wasn't she? Yeah. So, well, what's weird is is is, uh, you know, I've been reading Silencer, <laughs> and the entirety of Silencer's run has been about the lead up to this. It's been Silencer was the best assassin. Right. She was. She was. Uh, Talia's best assassin, and she had retired to have a family. And through a bunch of machinations, Talia shows up and says, "Yo, uh, shit's going down. I need you to help help me, calling in a favor." And it turned out to be all bullshit. Talia basically did a usual suspects Kaiser Soze type of machination, where she got wind that some of her lieutenants were trying to make a power move. So she created this fake war with with between everybody to weed out who the who the disloyal people were and at the end basically of the run she um consolidates power wipes out all of the people that were against her and now she's the head of leviathan again she had left leviathan she's the head of leviathan again and consolidated power and uh that's pretty much how the series is left and she blackmails um silencer into joining her reluctantly um so it's a you know it's a little annoying to me that bendis took this and just took the year and a half of her consolidating power into the organization again and becoming the leader just to be like, nope, you're out for this new Red Mask dude. Um, but I guess it is what it is. He's, he's, he's got a story to tell, so that's yeah. fine. Well, Talia drops into Superman's arms, and then she turns into Daenerys from Game of Thrones, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, and I had me wondering, what does Leviathan want? What's well, the that's goal? The thing. I mean, who is Leviathan? But he says, like, like Dap said, he wants we have to live with the alien. He's not trying to eliminate Superman. He's trying to what? What is what is his goal in all this? Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he seems heroic. Maybe. Join us. Yeah, he's trying it, to recruit it's... heroes to the group as well. So maybe and and okay, and then it gets even stranger because um, this Leone woman or, or Leone woman is uh, confronting her head of security, and she's like, you let somebody get close to me. Mm-hmm. And the head of security is like, oh, you know, I'm kind of sorry, uh, but that's not good enough. Um, you need to pay. And this red mist comes yep. from somewhere, is, and it's the woman that works at the Daily Planet. Robinson Good, yep. yeah. So she's, what, Crimson Mist? Is that her her name? Actually, I don't even know if they gave her a name. They may have. Um Yes, so, yes, you're right. She is that. She is that character, though. Right. Yes, and yeah. and and so there's a mole in the Daily Planet that works for the publisher of the Daily Planet. Right. Red Cloud is her name. Red Thank Cloud. You. Oof. Yeah, it's just Native American, I guess. And but so it's... she brings her closer. Like she was just. She's like you're more than just you know 
my right hand woman, you you you're better than that. So I, you know, you're not just an employee. I want you in on this, and she brings her closer to the power structure. I guess that's what I got out of that. But um, the the main thing for me in this issue was the Jimmy Olsen story. I thought it was wonderful. The um, I'm glad you dug the the, the Jimmy Olsen. Story. No, I, I liked it all. No, I, liked- I know, no, no. I, I just I, I'm not trying to overlook that. It was um there the there were little things that made me smile all throughout um the when when they when superman goes and, and he fights mongol he's um he's fighting him at uh Puerto Suigo in in Oregon which is this this fight is what's is is what we see the end of in the double page spread of Naomi and so that blows my theory of it not being the same Earth that I mentioned last week. Because if it's happening here, then obviously, word balloons be damned. And whatever font they want to use, it's it's the same. It's the same universe. In any event, um, it it is whatever. It's weird that Bendis is writing both Superman and action because this is. This is pretty much everything that he's been putting down in action. You see kind of this this special is more tied into action than it is in whatever the hell is going on in the Superman book. Um, that that just seems to be its own thing. That that's just a Superman book with with Lois and John and Jor-El, and you can read that. But if you are reading, if you're going to read the the Leviathan event then um you should have been or you should be paying attention to what's going on in in action comics so uh, this this definitely just reinforced the fact that yeah the lois lane 12 issue series the jimmy olsen 12 issue series that that was on my order um and you know even if even if whatever the hell is whatever adventures they have going on in their own little series, even if it doesn't really tie into to the event, um, just knowing what, what what Bendis and company have started here in this little eighty page special um, is enough to to make me see what what Ruckel wants to do with Lois and what Fraction and Libra are going to do with um, with Jimmy. But yeah, I, the little things like like the green car, the the coupe that yep. that Leon has. I mean, that's of course from the cover of, of Action Comics number one, and uh, yeah, in, in recent weeks. And and what was great about when Su- Superman fought Red Cloud, and he didn't. I'm not going to say he won, but he definitely didn't. I'm not going to say he lost, but he definitely did not win their first battle. And and Robinson was quite. She was definitely surprised, but pleased with herself that that she kind of um, fought Superman and and lived to tell the tale. No, obviously, nobody at the planet knows that she's in cahoots with the publisher because nobody knows who the publisher is. Um, and I mean, she doesn't know that Clark is Superman. She and and Clark obviously doesn't know who she is. Um, but I'm I'm digging the. Uh, the whole little kind of espionage-ish atmosphere that the the, the tail bendis is weaving with action and and not 
knowing like what side is who, who's playing who and things like that. But uh, that Clark or Superman isn't exactly on on solid ground. Footing isn't too sure as to what what to do or how to play things. Um, he's referring to Lois a lot on on what to do, and Lois, of course, is telling him that you know lying is acting, and 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 you suck at both. So um, you really gotta. That you you, you got to be careful about who you say what to, and uh, it it uh, yeah the, the Jimmy story was, was fantastic because I, I actually I read it I was reading it page by page and I'm going through it and then I get to the Jimmy stuff and I'm like well this is this is a nice little kind of interlude and 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 I read the first read the first couple pages and then I actually stopped because I says no I I need to I can't kind of just because the Paquette art with with the first or with the main story is is solid. I mean, it's it's very Kevin Olin esque as, as as he often is, and and it looks great. But he, you know, you know what's going on when your neck is drawing a page, and and it looks great. But the Lieber stuff, and 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 with Fractions writing, I'm like, I I needed to with what Bendis was doing with Superman. That's pretty straightforward. You can kind of just look at a page, see what's going on, turn the page, read the next one. But I, the Jimmy Olsen story actually made me stop, pause, and and made sure I read what was going on. And and it it was definitely I, I agree with you, Vince. It was a highlight. I don't know if it was my favorite part of the entire issue, but it it was definitely a highlight. And the um, well, I just added the uh, first issue of the Jimmy Olsen series to my. Uh, DCBS order, and I put it on my pull list. So nice. Um, it, it it was. Uh, I I think of because I'm not obviously I'm not current on Supergirl. Um, that wasn't necessarily a major speed bump, but even but but what I what worked for me with that story was that Mr. Bones and DEO that. Um, the flashback you see there and and the fallout from from destruction that um played out in recent issues of action and then that's where uh sam lane came back and he confronted amanda waller and right now in action comics amanda waller is at the fortress of solitude because she showed up at clark's and lois's apartment and amanda knows that clark is superman and she went there because she was looking for a safe haven because Leviathan was obviously after her, which is why Leon asked if her fate's going to be the same as everybody else's. So um, Lois is not pleased with Amanda Waller because Amanda Waller was the last person to see Lois's father alive. And um, so right now Amanda Waller is at the Fortress of Solitude, A, so that they can keep an eye on her, um, but also to to keep her safe. So, um, yeah, it's it's. Um, I didn't know really. You know, when Bendis did Man of Steel last year, and and he was going to do things with Superman, having it all play out like this, I I I I wasn't expecting. I didn't see coming. But reading the issues as as they've been coming out, and these are the. This is what has always kind of excited me about um, about being a comic book reader. It, it, it's just 
saying things instead of reading them in a collected edition after the fact or or you know like now if i finally decided to read blackest night i'll know what everybody was talking about 12 years ago it's like now i'm, I'm seeing things play out as um as they're happening and that's kind of it rejuvenates me a little bit kind of like you know when when we were reading secret wars or, or whatever the um or fall of the mutants and and that was you know, and, and everything playing out in, the, in Daredevil or Thor, and um, it was fun for me, and and that's what, believe it or not, and whether you want to, that that's what Bendis is doing with, with Superman right now specifically. But Bendis is kind of bringing that that fun back for me that uh, that I haven't had in a while. Nice. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I have high hopes for this. I just hope my girl silencer is represented. That's all. Me too. But, uh, yeah, Tali's a badass. And by the way, Leviathan was created back in, uh, by Morrison in the, uh, Batman incorporated series. So she was killed in that. Um, but of course, Tali being an Al Ghul doesn't mm-hmm. stay dead. So the question is who's, who's in the mask? Like, like I'd like to think it's Damien, but Damien's too little to be that guy. Oh, I hope it's not that. Plus, a lot of people to say that's Jason Todd, but I, oh. I never thought I never thought Jason Todd to be smart enough to pull off a global yeah, that, crime yeah. organization. And why would he? Why? I mean, considering all the crap that that Jason Todd has, has done and has been through, why would he? Care? I mean, it's if Batman's his mentor and Batman and Superman have a relationship, why would he? Like, it just yeah. it. it that, that's yeah, it's got to be a Superman character, right? Or like a, like a, someone involved in the Superman mythos, right? I don't think it has to be. Well, you agree it's somewhat like there's going to be a reveal, right? Like you agree it's not just some new character calling. Like it's there's someone under the mask. You think it's Captain Adam, but wait, it's going to be Hawk. It's um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be Hawk. It's, <laughs> maybe it's Mister Mixus Pitlick. Yeah, there you go. It's the parasite. Uh, yeah, I I um, because because I have I. I did go back, and I'm I'm going to because uh, I read the first few issues, but I want to reread and and is Silencer actually done? The 17 issues, that's it. Uh, it, it the series has, it? the end has been announced. I believe it's either 18 or 19. Okay, all right. So it, then the I'll... last issue is not out, but it, it is the series is finished. Okay, so the Terrifics is the only one left. Uh, um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the damage and sideway, everything else is done. Done. Wow. Yeah, Terrifics is it. At least for another few issues, yeah. That we know of. It's in, is it in the latest previews? I didn't check yet. It is. Okay. So yeah, so it's still going. Alright. No, that was a, a nice refreshing... Uh, I've been in Superman mode um, this this at least this week. Yeah. So I figured, what the hell, I'll try the new stuff. And uh, it was it was pretty, fu- pretty good, pretty fun, and uh, mm-hmm. like I said, the takeaway, I, I really don't care what's going on in the the main superman books but that jimmy olsen shit that was that was my tonic now just to play devil's advocate it's funny to hear you say that because uh we've been making allusions to it but you have been reading and falling in love with the morrison action comics run yep this last few weeks so don't you find yourself being a little dismissive when you hear yourself say i don't really care what's going on in the superman books 
Because I have a feeling in five years from now you're gonna be like, that's what I'm saying. Holy right. No, shit. no, no, no. This was fucking on point with these books. Maybe, maybe not. But when it when it comes to a shadowy figure that is manipulating the DC universe and blah blah blah, like that is not gonna get me to the table as fast as um, an assassin firing a tesseract, a, um, a minis- like a microscopic tesseract bullet into Superman's brain and the villains are hiding in, in, the, in Superman's brain. Like that to me, that's, that is something I want to read more and more and more of, whereas some, some puppet master in the, like, that we're going to be strung along for mm-hmm. a ton of issues until we find out who it is, like, no, that's not going to get me to read it. I, yes, I bailed after the first arc, and I think we all did. Maybe not Dap, but I bailed after the first arc of Morrison. I think the genes drove Dap away. But they don't last long, though. Um, and, and Morrison actually makes a, a story point out of the, the T-shirts. And there's a reason why the T-shirts are important to the, the story that he wrote. But it's basically a fifth-dimensional imp mm. called Vin, Vindictivix. So a, a relative of Mixpillic. Or very close another, to very being. yeah very close to Mix Billick. and mm-hmm. he um was the the uh court jester for the king and he would try his best to um improve the king's spirits and it never worked the king was mm-hmm. always depressed and 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 then Mixpidilix came in and he started telling these tales of his adventures with superman and the king loved them and even though Mixpilix never won, the fact that he never won made the king even happier. Mm-hmm. And so this Vindictivix send out set out on a vendetta to to destroy Superman. He he killed the king, and he eventually makes Mixpilix's life a living hell. And the woman that remember in the first arc, Clark gets the apartment, and that old woman. Um, kind of gloms onto him and seems to know more than she should know. That woman is Mixpitalix's wife. She's she's from the fifth dimension, and the brainiac of the first arc when Superman flings the rocket ship into Brainiac and the AI and the rocket ship corrupts Brainiac, and then you get the original Forces of Solitude, which is floating around the Earth. That even the, the Legion of Superheroes comes into it after a while because the anti Superman army comes and steals the engine from the rocket because it's powered by kryptonite. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing story with one criticism. Morrison has all these brilliant ideas and there's, there's things flying at you page after page. He never embellishes upon the ideas. Like, a villain firing a microscopic bullet into Superman's brain and the villains hiding in Superman's brain would be something that I would think would take up a whole freaking issue, right? Mm-hmm. At least, right? It's it's basically a page in, mm. the, th- in the thing. There's these... They use... Um, he goes back to... Uh, well, not goes back at the time. Uh, he uses uh, Superman... President Superman, Calvin Ellis, from Earth-23... He becomes a character in this story, and things spiral out of his presence. 
uh, Superman's turned into the lion Superman and the ant Superman way back from the Silver Age. And like Morrison just throws this shit in there. It means, it, but it works. Like there's, there's points in the story where it actually has a bearing on the narrative instead of uh, like, I'm going to use, you know, lion Superman just for shits and giggles. No, mm. it, it means something. And it's like, wow, I, I totally just ignored this when it was coming out. And, Rags Morales is like he's flexing on every page. It looks phenomenal. It's Rags really stunting, huh? Uh, yeah, but I mean, once in a while he'll do the lazy eye thing that he does. But I think that's just—I <laughs> think he does it on purpose, to tell yeah. you the truth. But no, I thought the sort the this the eighteen issues. It was brilliant, and I. I, sh- I punched myself in the face for not reading it as it was coming out. But there's a big difference between that stuff and the more street – whether you want to admit it or not, Bendis is – he revels in the street level. I think he's bringing street sure. – I think he's bringing street level to Superman. And mm-hmm. that's not going to get me to read it with with a um, an unknown puppet master and then we're going to wait – 24, 36 issues until we find out who this friggin' guy is. I hate right. that. I but, hate but, it. But we... Oh, okay. You dangle but, a carrot in front of me, more often than not, I'm going to say, fuck your carrot. I'm not coming after it. Okay, but it's... It's... It's, it's designed been, to make you buy more books, is what it's designed to do. It's exactly what he's doing. When you well, have an unknown, an unknown in a series, and it, like... Okay, if it's a novel, you get it all in one one chunk and you can find out who it is. It's only going to cost you one price, right? The price of the novel. We're paying four bucks in issues for these comics and they're stringing you along. Well, if you're a fool, but yeah. Hey, no, yes, if you're a fool. I just, I hate the waiting game. I hate. And that's, and that's, I, I that's, that's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to, to twist your arm or, or, or say you're a fool otherwise. It's one of those things where you, know, you, you kind of know, and Bettis did it with Daredevil. He did it with New Avengers. You kind of know what you're getting with Bendis, and there are definitely issues where yeah, he strings you along. There's a lot of talking, but but it's 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 not like he's just stringing you along to see how long he can take it before you break. It's it's it's. We had an issue where you know the question appeared, and it, there were things that were it, if they were rushed, it probably would have felt rushed. I'm not saying that I wouldn't mind if things sped up a little bit here or there, maybe some conversations where, you know, didn't take three pages, but I, I definitely get what you're saying, but I haven't felt so far where I'm like, I think we can wrap this up now. Yes. It's, it's been, it, it's been 10 or so issues of action comics. And now we finally have this, this Leviathan event and we're kind, we're, we're, we're seeing where things are, are playing out. But it it's I'll I'll scoff at you know you're you're it's been thirty six months and nothing's happened yet that that's that's not no it's case. not what I'm saying if the thing that I would like to have happen in thirty six months is knowing who's behind that freaking mask like if 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 you haven't found out in I'll even a year right that's too much I don't well, want to be an pay- event so I think we'll find out yes find I did yeah yeah I hope so. I hope so. It, it's I, the so, very same assume, reason. Because this is only this is only six issues. The, and, I think I, the, and I think that uh, because it's comics, I, I assume, if not now, soon enough, um, Talia will find her way back to being the leader of Leviathan. Well, we could, yeah. yeah. But the, 
the it's the Wolverine formula for me. It's the same reason why I checked out on Wolverine. How they teased his origin for so long, they didn't let you in on it, and then by the time Weapon X came around, I didn't really give a shit anymore. I didn't care because it was a point of contention for. Oh, you actually mean the Barry Windsor? Like, no, the Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, okay. I mean, and because for a lot of people, that moment came when Logan miniseries came out. We actually found out about that the childhood and stuff. No, I, yeah, origins. I didn't. I didn't care about that. Origins, I didn't. I didn't yeah, need not to know that. Origins, not origins exactly. Yeah. Right. No, but I'm just saying that when you see through the when you can see the dude behind the the curtain and you realize that I'm paying another cover price for something that I'm just not going to be satisfied because they're not giving me any closure or it's 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 how it's done these days and it bugs the shit out of me. That's fine. Devil's Advocate, though. I mean, like. That's comics. That I know, I know. And you just got done saying how stoked you are for Jimmy Olsen. That's part of it. Like Bendis got his boy, Bendis got his boy Fraction to come to DC to write a quirky comic because DC said, "All right, well, if you're going to do this event, like let's make sure we make it an event." And we sell other books. And he's like, "All right, let's have Fraction do a yeah, exactly." It's like yeah, but like so I'm saying, you're taking that to that bait. Like it's not like I'm taking the bait because the bait was tasty and it was good and there's no question. Yeah, for that, saying that is you're, you're, issues, you're playing yes. fast and loose here. Like you're saying, oh, I don't, oh, I don't want to give into this. They're only doing this to sell more, more books. But then you're like, but as long as the book is dope to my aesthetic, I'm all over it. Like <laughs> if there's a vomiting the cat of, in it, I'm gonna buy it. But that's the nature of comics, though, right? I like, totally agree. Like, there's nothing more offensive to me in this regard than Marvel with what they do with events. And most, I mean, you, the last three Marvel previews have been. 50% of it have been uh, War of the Realms, War of the Realms tie-ins. And um, you know, I've even besmirched that on the last two uh, previous videos I've done. But that being said, uh, enough of our homies said, yo, you should check out Giant Man, which is a War of the Realms book. And right. I'm like, okay. So I checked out the first two issues, and it's a lot of fun. So, But you're, yeah, tr- you're mean, twisting my words around a little bit. I have no bones <laughs> with the with the Way Comics are made. I have very, very specific bones to pick with the unknown entity and that question mark and then having to pay X amount of dollars just to learn what that unknown quantity was. That gotcha. is what bugs me. Gotcha. I won't I won't do that ever. Okay. I'll just wait for the trade and read it. Yeah, no, I get that. But see, to me, that feels like less of a criticism of comics and more of a criticism of that type of story. Because okay. I love those kinds of stories. Like for me, that's a that is a that is a uh, that's an attraction. No. Like the the who's behind the mask is an attraction for me. Just like getting the gang together is an attraction for me. So so that's that's a hook for me. Like that makes me want to read this more than I would otherwise. Yeah. Like if this was just ooh Lex Luthor is coming to get, I'd be like, well, okay, yeah, that- <laughs> Lex Luthor a hundred times trying to get Batman. Like okay, yeah. Um, that's my crypto. So, I don't know. It's, my point is, I think like there's nothing wrong with your not being attracted to it, but I think that's not necessarily a failing of the industry. That's just you. That's a type of storytelling that you don't care for. Like, an, like another example, lots of people seem to hate the time shift where you're presented with the outcome and then the story is telling you how we got to that outcome. For me, that works a lot of times. For others, it's like Salt Peter. They they don't want to read a story or see a movie about that's, that's set up that way. Right. Just there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a structure that doesn't seem to appeal to you. The who's the man behind the mask or who's the, the wizard behind the curtain is seems to be a, a, a structure that you don't like. No, I dislike very, very profusely. 
profusely. Profusely. All right, well, then you'll just be quiet for the next few months when Dap and I talk about how badass the series is. Go ahead. I hope you love it. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, you're not saying it's bad. You're saying it's not your thing. It's right? definitely not. No. Not right now. No, not, not until it's collected and he can read it for Wally's. <laughs> I do hope that happens. nobody ever goes back and read old things. Nobody does. I hope does. that happens. Nobody ever. Mm-mm. That's crazy. Why would no. you read old stuff when there's all this new stuff coming out every week? Yeah. There you go. That's why we have the best thing I've read this week on the Facebook group now. So that people can celebrate whatever they're reading, even if it's very old. Just whatever whatever you, you read this week that floats your boat the most. I like it. I know. Did you see what mine was this week, Vince? No, I, I didn't see it. Of course. One piece, bro. What are you on? What volume are you on currently? Oh, you're uh, reading it through chapter, the app. So. Yeah, it's like chapters 18 and 19. All right. I know there's like what there's like eight hundred or nine hundred. Yeah, you're still building up. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but still, it's a lot of fun. It's like the RPG when you're getting your stats up, and you're like, oh, okay, that, that's <laughs> where you are right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just grinding right now, killing like little tree imps, just trying to, just trying to grind, grind XP so I can afford a better sword. Yep. All right, everybody, what are we gonna do? We can bring this home because yeah, we. Can... All right, uh, this episode. What's the book of the month? And you know who brings you that? It's the wonderful patrons that uh, support us month in, month out. If you would like a little peek at what goes on in that Patreon realm, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one, one, no apostrophe. And you'll see, you'll see things. It's wonderful. So we have to thank our patrons once again. Um, in your travels, I have two things. Mm. One, I'm going to say, because I didn't read it yet, I just looked through it. Um, I will say that DC has surprised me in these um, special 80-page giants they do every so often. <laughs> because the the rule of thumb was, I'm not getting that. that That's not worth it. It's just going to be filled with a bunch of second stringers or wannabe big guns that, that are just you know trying to... To, to impress and, and, and failing. that Traditionally, that was the thing, right? The specials were always the proving grounds because they didn't want to throw them into the regular ongoing series, so they do a special. But this uh, DC has been surprising me over the past, what, couple of years with these one-shots. They're always really good, filled with wonderful talents and doing exemplary work. And this Dog Days of Summer is nothing different. It's look at the lineup on this thing. Well, I mean, I sh- I'm not going to tell you the lineup. What you want to do is you want to look at the art because it's incredible. There is a um, Killer Croc story drawn by Kyle Holtz, which is amazing and it's gorgeous. Uh, step, I, I always butcher his name, Sejic, the guy that did Sage. Aquaman, mm-hmm. Sejic. Mm-hmm. He does a uh, a Wonder Woman story. It is, it will make your eyes. Scream, but the thing that really slammed this home for me was there's a Captain Carrot story. Wow. Drawn by James Heron. Wow, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, and I'm it, gonna have to cop this now. I, I didn't I picked this up. And President Superman's in it. So I mean there again, conceptual continuity. But the thing I, I really wanted to talk about was we since we're talking about things that uh float our collective boats for this week. I read Flash 71. Ah. And it's year one, chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry meets his future self. 
and he shows them the ropes a little bit and it's more um insight into what the turtle's doing in this future central city and then um the cosmic treadmill comes into it and old barry teaches younger barry how to use the the treadmill and he goes back to his time and what does he see in his time but the turtle so it's only chapter two it's pretty amazing howard porter is creating such an immersive environment in this book that you'd think that if you looked out your window, you'd see the same thing. It's so damn real. I love it. Right on. Yeah, and old, old, old Barry says, you know, when, when Iris um, knocks on your door, open it. Because Barry's like kind of standoffish. He won't give Iris pretty much the time of day. But he thinks she's gorgeous, and, he, and he's obviously in love with her, but he's being Barry. And uh, old Barry says, you know, Take a bite, because he knows things, right? He's got knowledge. Yeah, you know. yeah it's great. There's a, a double page spread early on that it's just like it. You'll if you. It's I want to gush because it's like how does Howard do this? You could see for miles in this thing. It's just amazing. I, I love every bit of it. Yeah. Flash seventy one. Then you travels. Um, I guess maybe we'll talk about it next week. Uh, the first where she's a criminal, but anyway, um, I know I mentioned this title a couple weeks ago, uh, and I was I couldn't wait for the sixth issue to come out to finish that cliffhanger that we were left with. Uh, but um, Superior Spider-Man number six by Christos Gage and Mike Hawthorne and Wade Von Grubadger and Jordi Belair with a uh, Travis Charest cover. Um, this continues the story with Master Pandemonium taking over, trying to take over the city and the city's Spider-Man and Doctor Strange attempting to save the day. What I loved about this issue was right at the start, We get a page each uh, from years ago of Dr. Strange, the surgeon, Dr. Stephen Strange, sitting at a bar with a couple of lovely ladies next to him, and a bowl hair-cutted young man walks into the bar, introducing himself with the atomic, and and he's Dr. Otto Octavius with the Atomic Research Center. he was uh, intrigued by Stephen's presentation recently, and he's developed artificial arms for handling hazardous materials. And I have some exciting theories about a neurological link. Um, asking for his input, and Strange, basically, as he was at the time, was a bit of a dick and blows him off. Um, we cut to a year later where Otto is leaving a restaurant with a, uh, a fetching young lass on his arm. And he notices something from the side of his eye. And it is basically a vagrant curled up against the wall of the restaurant. Um, Otto recognizes the derelict, uh, notices that he's fallen far before his accident. He was a brilliant surgeon. Um, I wanted to work with him, collaborate on a project and uh, he dismissed me as if I were beneath, beneath his notice. The woman says, you know, well, maybe it's time to, to give him a hand. He's down on his luck. Maybe, um, you know, I'm sure you'd appreciate the opportunity. 
And Otto says, you know, I'm sure he would, but um, whatever's going on in Strange's life, he brought it on himself. And and the uh, whatever arrogance and carelessness this person has all about him, um, my work is too important to be saddled with with, with any of that. So um, he he can take care of himself, and he throws twenty bucks in his lap and keeps walking by. So obviously there was a bit of a pass between Otto and Stephen, um, which plays a part a little bit in in the uh, the conversations they have while trying to deal with Master Pandemonium. Um, our heroes do prevail because the next issue is a War of the Realms tie-in, but uh, the way um, the way they work together to take down the evil menace in this issue um, worked well with both personalities because they are they are very stubborn and, and kind of set in their ways. Although, um, whereas I think Strange is a little bit more open to um, experimentation, Otto, of course truly believes he's the smartest person in the room and and it's it's very hard for him to um budge in any sort of way so um i think i i think gage has a great handle on this character and and i'm really really enjoying this title but uh hawthorne's art is great i follow him on twitter and and he does some some great videos with uh with inking and and just you know doing his warm-up sketches and things like that. So the, between the writing and the art and me actually looking forward to and not wait to read a story where Dr. Octopus is, is the, is the lead um, says a lot, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't wait to get home to read this issue yesterday and uh, was definitely not disappointed after, um, after the fifth issue. So in your travel, superior Spider-Man. Damn, you're in love with Otto. I am. You That's love the Otto. Crazy. Right? Uh, in your travels, uh, I'm going to bring you to the uh, the world of Aftershock Comics. It is Killer Groove number one, written by Ali Masters of the Kitchen Fame Vince, if you're yes. right. Yes. Illustrated by our buddy and young up-and-comer who we had a Good pleasure of getting to know over the last year or so in the con scene, Mr. Owen Marin. Shout out to uh, Ireland. And uh, one of uh, Declan's protégés. Yes. And colors by who else but Jordi Belair, because she covers colors all the books. Uh, it is, um, it's cool. First of all, it's a period comic. It takes place in Los Angeles in the 1970s. And Owen does an awesome job of, of giving us that kind of aesthetic. It, it feels like a. It, it, he makes you feel like you're in the in the seventies. It's it's awesome, from the the garb to the furniture to the to the to the uh, street signs. Everything seems very on point um, in terms of time reference. Um, the story revolves around a, a number of of we're introduced to a number of characters, but but really the story, at least in the first issue, is about um, a guy named Johnny who's a down on his luck aspiring musician, but, but one of the thousands of aspiring musicians that would be in LA at any given time. Um, he spends more time drinking at his local bar where he works, um, with his buddies than he does, uh, anything else. He's got a good, good friend, a PI named Jackie. And, um, through a complete random set of circumstances, 
he's walking through the streets and he looks down an alley and he sees a guy getting choked out and getting beaten up. So he goes to rescue the guy and um, gets into a conflict with the ne'er do well and ends up killing the guy. But but rather than freak out over killing somebody, he's just like, oh man, we got to get out of here. Like, it saves your life. And the the guy that they go to they got they go to a diner to talk, and it turns out that Johnny actually misread the situation. Um, the, the guy that was getting choked was actually a hitman, a mob hitman that was p- paid to kill the other guy, and the other guy was defending himself. So Johnny ended up killing killing a a guy that had a hit on him, and so the hitman says, "Hey man, listen, I, I got to tell you, you're you're like." For a regular dude, I'm I'm amazed at how well you took this. Like your hands aren't even shaking. You're just cool as a cucumber. So gives him a chunk of money and says, if you ever want a job doing this, you got a knack for it. And uh Johnny just brushes it off and he goes back to his little roach motel apartment and it's a hot summer day and he just starts jamming, playing his music, and suddenly he looks down from his uh from his window and on the street are a bunch of people that heard him playing and are just loving it. And they're clapping and screaming and saying, play some more. That was awesome. And it's just not something he's used to. Well, turns out a couple days later, he's in the recording studio. He uses the money that the hitman gave him uh, to, to lay down some tracks. It's just not going well. The producer's like, it's just not, this doesn't feel right, man. He's just not, not bringing it. He's like, what, what, why can't I, what is it? What? Why? Why can't I recapture the, the energy and the vibe I had the other day? Alluding, apparently alluding to the idea that this story is going to be about this dude basically being at his artistic best with the adrenaline of having killed people. So I presume from here he's going to get more and more involved in the the hitman side. But the plot thickens because we then get back to his buddy Jackie, the PI, and uh, she's again a fairly typical down on your luck. Um, private eye with a Jessica Jones type, if you will. And a little girl comes in and wants to hire Jackie to find her dad because her dad, who's admittedly a drunk, um, has been gone for a long time now and she's worried. So she's like, I've saved 600 bucks and can you, can you find my dad? So Jackie says, all right, I'll take the case. So you begin to wonder is, and this isn't, none of this is, is put forth in the first issue, but it makes you wonder is, is the missing dad, the guy that, that Johnny killed. And so Johnny's own good friend is going to start investigating this and putting him with it. Is, is it just, uh, is it going to connect down the road somehow? Um, but, uh, very, very cool. Again, the vibe felt really right. I mean, this could have been, um, I don't know. This could have easily been, uh, like just, it, it could have been any kind of like, um, uh, seventies novel that, uh, that uh, like get shorty or something, right? It just had that kind of that kind of vibe to it, and um, I thought Owen did a great job. And he's done a few other comics, but I thought that uh, this is probably the biggest book he's done to date. And I thought he had a wonderful touch. Um, he's in the for those that don't know his work, he's he's in the Michael Walsh school, um, the, you know the the Somni school. Um, I'm not saying he's on Somni's level yet, but. But but I thought he did quite a nice job um, getting everything spot on. And, yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, I'm totally hooked. I mean the the, uh, the it's it's it plays with tropes that are not unique per se, but the idea of uh, a '70s hippie musician who just happens to have a penchant for killing people, and that's what gives him the inspiration to make great music. I'm on board for that. We'll see where that goes. And this is um, it's an ongoing now. 
it's an aftershock comic in 2019. So that, that may mean that it goes for five or six issues. And if the sales aren't there, they, they wrap it up and they hopefully put another arc down the road. But at, it, at least for now, the intention is to make it an ongoing. So uh, give it a try. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's, it's uh, again, it's called Killer Groove by uh, Aftershock, and it's Ollie Masters and Owen Marin. It's pretty. He does a great job, man. He really does. Yeah, yeah. pretty gritty. Mm-hmm. But I li- absolutely, I li- yep. Nice. Speaking of the uh, of the kitchen, I believe the trailer. At least if you're in the UK, the trailer for the uh, for the movie has been released. Oh, nice. Yeah, I cannot wait. And I was having a brain fart. Elmore Leonard is what I was trying to say when I was. It, it, it reminded me of an Elmore Leonard book. Well, now I'm sold. So. All right, peoples, thank you for joining us on this here Book of the Month plus more episode. Uh, Come back really soon because we're going to do it again. In the meantime, you can check us out on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters. And you know the drill. Say nah. Oh, don't forget the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Because they brought this to you in the first place, so you should thank them. Oh, I started it, didn't I? No, you didn't. No, oh, I didn't. Because you, didn't, you Sa- know. Okay. Say goodnight. <laughs> My goodness. David. Oh, wow. Don't even try. Goodnight. Uh, so what's up, Jason? How you doing? <laughs> really? Am I gonna get any taps? Did you watch that video? No. no Ser- seriously, watch it. Man. <laughs> no, watch Jesus. it. Jesus. That's not my speed. <laughs> no. David. Dude, she falls. Oh, nice. Oh. Nice. She falls over. She slips. <laughs> she <laughs> slips in her own stuff. It's great. Not I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, everybody. We love you so much. And we'll be back very soon. Join us and go hug somebody you love. Hope your May was fantastic. Yes. My June's going to be a lot better. Damn Skippy. Yo. Yes. I know this. Woo-hoo. We love you, people. Say goodnight. Gooch night. <laughs>